Welcome to the Scrubverse Podcast, your last stop for the latest in gaming news and pop culture. We're your hosts, Chris and Corey. Prepare for dissension. Anyway, uh, did you see this shit? Billy, man, I'm telling you what, man. I Wild man. Absolutely out of his fucking mind. I hope he listens to this podcast and tries to get a cease and desist on us. Because I'd be like, oh shit. He, he has nothing. He can't he can't. No, do anything, no. Right? He'd be like, they made fun of me. That'd be great because you'd launch our fucking career. But Dude, <laughs> like... <laughs> Those guys talk shit on Billy Mitchell. I'm like, yeah, you should hear all of our other podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck that guy. Billy, I would say Billy Mitchell is our Randy Pitchford, but we have Pitchford news this week, which we will get into later. There's there's certain things that have uh, been made aware, arisen that I have not put. Yeah, that have not been put in the docket, but whatever, we can touch on uh, it briefly. But yeah, uh, Billy Mitchell's in the news again because apparently two. Uh, Two like documentaries that have been on YouTube. Uh, one called "The King of Con," mm-hmm. and the other one uh, I don't remember exactly what the, the other perfect one was called. fraud man. That's what it was. They're both made by uh, Dwayne Richards. Richard. So yes, the perfect fraud man is definitely like completely done by uh, Dwayne Richard. The King mm-hmm. of Con is a is a fairly newer one that I think he got some help with because. I watched The King of Khan. I don't know if you watched any of the yeah. documentaries. I watched no. The King of Khan. And The King of Khan had a different um like narrator. Like it was just like some uh, okay. some young guy that didn't have a name and he was definitely from a different channel, but you can tell Dwayne Richard was heavily involved with it. Yeah, I mean, he was probably producing it or directing it behind the scenes. He just didn't want to narrate it and all that stuff. I mean, he his role was more of like the subject matter expert in it. Ah, yeah. But it's the King of Khan, really, really interesting. It sheds uh, shed to light. How long is it? It's only an hour. It's only about an hour. The, oh, okay. The Perfect okay. Fraud Man's two hours. And okay. that's like where he just like lays everything out. But <laughs> pretty much Billy Mitchell um, found out that Dwayne Richard made or was involved with these two documentaries completely detailing or I don't know how long I don't know how it took this long for him to yeah realize. because they've been on the net since at least 2012 so yeah so over five years seven years one of them yeah, seven years almost 10 years because I don't know how old the perfect fraud man is but right. like the in the king of Kong, it like shed to light what was going on with the king of Kong, like that documentary. Yeah, complete. It's so weird that you gotta like, like it's really hard to enunciate the G at the end of that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. the king of Kong. <laughs> um, but that documentary, complete fabrication, like one hundred percent movie. So it was. We already knew that it was like a something really big going on between Billy Mitchell and Walter Day, but the person that they were crazy he's out of his fucking mind but the person that they were following who was trying to break the 874,000 score for donkey kong um was steve weeby he was in on it too 
And apparently the reason, really? yeah, because apparently the reason how they found out that he was in on it is because they allegedly went to um, his house to see if he was using an actual board and not a main board claiming like these records and shit like that. And they broke into his house. They went through his entire garage and shit like that. But when he was approached about that information, he was like, yeah, man, that's a, uh, it's kind of strange. And just like completely bypasses it. And then you later find out that everything was staged. The entire fucking thing was a fabrication. Originally, they wanted to. And you're talking about the King of Kong movie. The like King movie. of Kong movie. The actual. We'll say mockumentary now. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing is, is that they were originally approaching Tim Skeezerby. And, you know, I'm sorry if I fucked that up. Um, but he's the one that originally broke the 874,000 score seven years before king of kong was ever recorded but they didn't want to go to him because he wasn't popular enough billy mitchell he wasn't marketable exactly billy mitchell was very charismatic he had he was under the wing of walter day who was <laughs> is <running>. he though <laughs> i mean he's got like this persona he's he's very confident in his thing so i would say yeah. yes i get, i would definitely say yes but I got to tell you, like, there are moments in that movie that are just like, oh, man, dude, like Billy Mitchell. Cringy. Does, yeah, it's super cringe. Like he does the worst Asian accent when he's talking about the head of Namco and the way that their conversations go. Like the one that likes him. Yeah. The one that likes it. Just, wow. Just like, Don't do it. <laughs> when he starts. I'm not doing it. I almost felt <laughs> like when he starts talking about how he's like player of the century and just he he tries to like mimic it. And like at first I'm just like, what the fuck are you saying? You're saying truth. And he's like, tooth, tooth. I'm just like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, you don't have to say it with the guy's accent. No, like, you, you don't. But he did. He did it anyway. Player of the century. Yeah, know, but man. for backstory, what's going on? Apollo Legend came out with another video um, announcing that Billy Mitchell had sent out copyright infringements on two false of, copyright infringements, false com- copyright infringements on uh, Dwayne Richards' videos. We don't know if they're both his, but they're, he was definitely involved with them. The thing is, is that the only segment that truly belongs to Billy Mitchell is a. I want to say it's like a five or ten second video of Billy not Mitchell long. actually playing uh, Pac-Man in one of them. Yeah. It still falls under fair use, but when yeah. Dwayne Richard... It's a definition of fair use. Right, but when Dwayne Richard went to appeal it, YouTube struck him down and said, no, this, is, this obviously belongs to Billy Mitchell. We can't do anything about it now. So Dwayne Richard is going to court. Yeah, rightfully so. I think he even uh, some of they got taken down like off the copyright, but somebody I think it was Apollo Legend or Dwayne I can't remember which one that he put them up back up for people to download. Yeah, so Apollo Legend created a I guess a Dropbox or a link through. There's like, too many. There's too many requests, so you can't get it now. Really? So with Dropbox, there's a certain point with I don't know if it's the way you set up the link or something like that, but if you get too many requests to download, it shuts it off. It's like we're out of the requ- you, there's too many requests. Man, like, I got lucky because I have both of them on my computer. Yeah, because when I finally went and watched those videos, uh, I think you sent those links to me like I don't know, like on Tuesday mm-hmm. or Wednesday, and I watched them like I think it might have been Thursday, and I couldn't get them. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Well. 
I got both of them. I still have to go through the perfect fraud, man. But it's really just going to come down to regurgitating the same information. So yeah, all, all that really matters is that you know this motherfucker's out of his fucking mind. He's crazy. And he's on one hundred percent damage control. But he just the thing is like he we say he's on damage control, but just he keeps like we said he won't stay out of the limelight. He like won't he shut has the fuck to be up. In it. It's like the whole thing yeah. with um Todd Rogers. Like when he got called out, yeah, he fought it for a little bit, and then he shut. But then he up. shut the fuck up. He just shut the fuck up. So. And here's the thing: Todd Rogers is in King of Con talking oh, in King about of Con. <laughs> in King of Con talking about how Billy Mitchell needs to come up and speak up about his fraudulent scores. Be like, Todd take, Rogers. Take it from me. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even. It's before he got called out. Because remember, this was reported ah. back in like 2012. And he's yeah. just like, yeah, no, man. Uh, Billy's need to speak up and defend the score. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> that is pot calling the kettle black on that one, man. It's stupid. But. That's crazy. Uh, like I said, I hope we get more news every week because I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's dumb. Like, I love... I love like I love video game drama, which this did affect some people's lives. Like they didn't get the notoriety they deserved and stuff like this. But like stuff like this, I just love. I'm just like this guy is obviously insane, mm-hmm. and everyone around him is just like you're insane, except for his right hand man that's part of a yoga cult. I don't and, know uh, how involved Walter Day is now because Twin Galaxies. It doesn't matter. He was. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, Twin Galaxies is now under like different management. And like yeah, the guys, and that's the reason. Yeah, that's the reason. That's the reason that, why uh, all this shit's going down. And he's standing firm too. He's like, no, I don't give a shit about uh, your did, false scores. You, you saw that? Uh, you saw the fucking the legal memo that they returned back to Billy Mitchell, right? Yeah, that shit was <laughs> fucking hilarious. I love, uh, I love it when you get like a corporate slap in the face because mm-hmm. it's always like super subtle. And it's never like, hey, fuck you. It's just like, we're going to corporate, like, in our corporate language, we're going to tell you to fuck off. Yeah. It's great. So, I love it. It's really good. Uh, yeah, I will. I might hit you up for those. Uh, I would like to watch those. Okay. I really would li- like yeah, to watch yeah. those. Because I remember when that came out, King of Kong, the actual document, well, the documentary. Mm-hmm. And my dad was like, you should watch this. It's kind of cool and all this other stuff. And I watched some of it and I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. And then I just never, like, really messed with it and all that stuff and billy mitchell even back then i was like this guy kind of looks like a douchebag and like yeah you know how you just tell like it's you shouldn't judge a book by its cover but fuck it we do it anyway Mm -hmm. and that guy was just like "Hmm." and then there's just mannerisms the way he acted in interviews and stuff like that i'm like oh this guy totally thinks he has the biggest dick in the room and he does he has like a micro peen it's it's (laughs) it's really like it's really interesting they go through in the in the king of Khan where yeah, he's called, you know, player of the century, but there are multiple tournaments that have been played where him, Dwayne Richards, uh, Chris Araya, I think he was there, and like a few other major Canadian players would be at the same event. Like, Billy wouldn't even place. He'd yeah. be like near the bottom of the tier with like the other guys that they keep on talking about like way up there. But yeah. it would happen consistently. Like, well, it doesn't matter. He's Billy Mitchell. Yeah, he's he's the, there. He's the face. Like, yeah. Go go watch the documentary. There's so much more that I can talk about it. Like, just on how. Yeah. He hopefully, is. hopefully they're back up, so you yeah. can go watch those and stuff like that too. So, I mean, they're not back up on YouTube. Try to find it on a Dropbox or some shit like that. 
Yeah, someone will probably link it to you or something yeah. like that. Uh, but yeah, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm yawning nonstop because today I uh, we had to do adult things. And ever since, when we moved into the house in April, we bought it from a, a older couple. And we, we bought the house pretty quickly. Like, we got everything rolling and all that. You, you remember when I was talking about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were moving their stuff out, but they couldn't get everything out of the garage. Like, they had, like, a bunch of... The way the garage is, like, when you, walk, when you pull into a garage, uh, a lot of people build shelves on the back wall where yeah. you can, like, put, like, containers and all that. That's how those are. But they were just... Half of it was full of all of their stuff, like Christmas decorations, Halloween decorations, all this other shit. And we finally, like, today was not 95 degrees. It was, like, a high of 80. So I was like, I'm getting out in this garage, and we're getting this taken care of. That's where my arcade cabinet was, too. So I finally got that back into the woodworking shop. I gutted, uh, I found out, so I sold the two of the, the two boards I have. I had a Marvelous, Cap, or a Marvelous Capcom 1 board. And I uh, sold it to TJ. So sad. <laughs> the thing is, like I said, I wouldn't have been able. At least to, it's going to good hands, but. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to appreciate it as much. Like the minute TJ, TJ sent me a picture because I was like, I'm not sure about the sound because I thought it was either the TV, like the monitor or the board sound was messed up. And he messaged me. He goes, no, this sound, the sound was all the way up and it almost blew my eardrums out. So, <laughs> but he said he sent me a pictures of it. And he's like working perfectly. So nice. I was really happy about that. And then our buddy Jason, he uh, I sent the, the run and gun board, which if anyone doesn't know, run and gun sounds like it's some kind of shooting arcade shooting game. It's not. It's a basketball game. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was interested in it, but I had no way of checking to see if it worked at all. So I just sent it to him and then I, we, we, I said, test it. If it works, then we'll work. We'll go from there. So. But I was also able to get the because the, the reason that I'm no longer kept the monitor in the arcade cabinet is because whenever I turned it on, there was an electrical pop that was super, super loud. And when you looked at the back of the monitor on the boards, there was an electrical arc that would come out. And I was like, I sent a picture to it to TJ and he goes, yeah, those aren't supposed to do that. So <laughs> Because you got to be careful with arcade cabinets, man, because they'll fucking, they store so much electricity and they could fucking kill you. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, for those listening, I finally found the official name of what the arcade cabinet I have. I have the Atari Showcase 33. Wow. And the reason they call it the 33 is because it's like almost a 33-inch monitor in there. And apparently it was originally made for a gauntlet, an arcade gauntlet game. But there is also, they've repurposed them into Marvel vs. Capcom 2 uh, showcases and stuff like that, too. But If you had Marvel vs. Capcom 2, I would never give that away. Oh, I would have kept that. Yeah, yeah. I would have kept that board in a heartbeat. Because the board was the the blue, the Japanese blue one, uh, and it was JAMA, CPS2, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was it was it was nice but like i said tj's a good guy and i know it's going to good hands like he has a dark stalkers board so i was like yeah of course you yeah i would like get a dark stalkers board i yeah. love dark stalkers so much uh but no i've got it so i've gotten everything taken out of it uh all the cords and all that stuff i'm going to uh when we were moving it around it got banged up in some spots so i'm going to try I, I think i talked about this last week i'm going to get it fixed taken care of 
we're gonna put the uh, the LCD in it, retro pie, and all that stuff. So, but I'll be posting pictures of that in the Discord, in our Discord, and in the Megavisions Discord of progress pictures and all that stuff. Like I said, all next week, I think the high every day is supposed to be like seventy five. So I think on next Saturday, it's supposed to be a high of sixty, and it's gonna be forty at night. That's so like perfect I'm, weather for me. I that's the weather that I wish it was all year round. Yeah. But anyway, we got the. That's why, like I said, I was so tired. We got the. Uh, the fucking garage taken care of and i had to i moved that arcade cabinet by myself like thank god it comes apart in two pieces but i moved it because i had to walk out of my garage and then because i have my garage and then on the behind my actual garage there's the woodworking shop so i had to go around the outside and uh all i had was a dolly and my wife was out of town and i was just like all right fuck this i'm moving it mm-hmm. and it almost fell over on me twice so <laughs> but i took the crt out first so smart man yeah Uh, apparently where we live uh people just don't like they come and pick up your garbage cans but you can't just put stuff at the end of the road they won't pick that shit up like i live out in county roads and shit like that you gotta call our like garbage people ahead of time be like hey i got some bullshit on the side of the road otherwise they'll just leave that shit there yeah that's uh, i looked up ours too and that's what you have to do here uh, but after we threw, like, we took, we, we did one trip to Goodwill, and then everything else was just at the end of the street. Out of the huge pile that of everything that's out there, the only two things that are left out there now is an old satellite dish and the CRT. <laughs> like, out of every, like, the minute I put everything out there, 15 minutes later, there was an old guy on a four-wheeler that was like, you're throwing this stuff away? And I was mm-hmm. like, you could keep, you could take all of it. Nice. So... If any, like, I won't call to have them pick that up. I'll just put that in the back of the SUV and take it down to the dump. So, it's like yeah, the worst that, thing for the environment, dude. I mean, yeah, where do I where do I take uh, an arcade <laughs> monitor CRT out in the country? Like, what do I do? I don't know. Make a table out of it. Something like I mean, I guess I could drive all the way to Best Buy and be like, "Hey, you guys, recycle this shit." <laughs> I don't even know where to start with that. I don't either. Like. Because the minute it's going to break eventually, and the minute it breaks, like those tubes break, that shit's not good for the environment. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. What's the out of sight, out of mind? It's not my problem. Yeah, it'll be my son's problem. Yeah. like Fuck that kid. <laughs> no, it'll be like your your great-grandkids. It'll be all right. We'll be long dead. So, that sadly, that is the fucking thoughts of a lot of the political figures that we have right now. Yeah. So. Uh, but anyway, we got that done. Uh, I I did my first set of ribs on the offset smoker today. That's why we were recording nice. later. Uh, I got to keep working on that. Did so, not come out good. They, I mean, they came out edible and we ate them. But you know how ribs are supposed to be? You can like wiggle the bone and it slides out. Yeah. Not with these. Those That didn't happen. So the the problem was I wasn't able like. I, I was supposed to keep a 250 temperature, but it was fluctuating real hard from like two to three. Uh, well, how long did you did you? It wait? was four hours. How long did you wait before it started cooking? Before you I waited, I, I got it up to temperature and all that stuff. I got it up to my 250 and all that stuff. But this is my first time actually working with the wood. Like okay. I didn't know how big of pieces would how much because like I threw in like one big piece. And I was like, that was the starting one. I was like, all right, that got me to 250. So I'm going to let that die out. The temperature's going to go down a little bit. And I've got another piece. The way I do it is on the back side of my hot box is where all the coals are. 
and then that's usually where a piece of wood is too. And then on the front part, away from the coals, that's where I have my next piece of wood prepping. Basically, you have it right there so it's drying out and all that stuff and getting ready so when you your other piece of wood's dead and gone, you can just move that next one. That You can just keep doing that over and over for however, however long you need to do it. Uh, the problem was a lot of these pieces of wood weren't cut to the same like dimensions. Right. So one one I'd put one on there, it'd shoot me up to three twenty five, mm-hmm. and then I'd put another one on there, and it'd only get me to like two twenty five, and I'm like, fuck. So okay, it's just messing around. Sense. It's a lot of fluctuate. It's going from because I'll tell you right now, I've got my electric smoker, and that's fucking easy to do. Right. Like you just put it on there, you maintain two seventy five the entire time. But this one was a lot harder to do. But I'm gonna work with it some more. That's the thing, like. You make a lot of bad barbecue to learn how to make good barbecue. That's my that's my motto that I'm telling myself. So yeah. <laughs> let's see what else do we do. Uh, we wa- I wa- we watched a couple movies this week. Uh, at the time of this recording, uh, we I watched we both watched Monster Squad because of something coming up that we needed to watch it for. I don't want to say exactly what it is uh, in case this podcast comes out before that announcement, but. Let me ask you what you thought of Monster Squad because you don't watch many movies, so your opinion actually holds more ground. Okay, so I actually caught my wife, and we watched this ugly. Did you baby let your son together. watch it with you? No, no, he was in daycare. <laughs> oh, okay, um, but like I, I came into, I came into our den, and I was just like, okay, I gotta watch a movie. Just hold on, and she looks at me with like. Like I what? just said, I want a divorce. She was just like, "What? <laughs> what did you just say?" I was just, "I have to watch a movie." I'm and leaving you for a little white girl. <laughs> yeah, the look of shock on her face. So we sit down, we watch this film, and that's a loose. That's that's a film. <laughs> this movie was an experiment. An experiment. Yeah, like it was an experiment in patience and how much (laughs) patience i had to sit through this fucking movie did you Um, make it all the way through i made it all the way through i don't i mean i checked a few times to see how much longer i had but (laughs) it it tries to set itself up as like one of those you know kids movies but they're like cursing and dropping dropping f-bombs and not the f-bombs that we you think we're saying fuck no (laughs) The other one that we won't say, actually. <laughs> the premise of it in the very beginning was not that bad. O- overall, in Monster Squad, Dracula comes back. He brings back Frankenstein. There's a mummy. There's a wolfman. And then there oh, is God. the the mermaid man. or mermaid. Aqua, uh, The swamp Aqu- thing. Swamp <laughs> motherfucker. Whatever. He's Let's talk about the wolfman. Okay. Because that shit looked bad. So, no. I am, I'm mad about the Wolfman for other reasons, okay? Dracula comes out of nowhere and says, it's yep. time. And they're flying this fucking casket. And it's it <laughs> it's, looked like it was in a fucking swamp. It looked like it was like yeah, the, the Amazon. It, no, bitch, it's right outside L.A. Like, I'm just assuming that it's L.A. L.A. with a swamp and like a suburb. There's no way that's L.A. Because that's like just saying 
They had a church in the middle of the town. <laughs> I don't know. It just wherever it was, like they were in the Amazon rainforest, and there is one specific, like white town. It's just a whole bunch of white people and historical district and shit like that. That oh, just, I didn't even realize. Yeah, I didn't see any like anyone other than white. Well, That's I mean, like was, the the deputy was black. That was the only other guy. The one that got blew up. The spoiler. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> This movie but, came out in 1987. So. But no, 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 no. This this fucking movie, it, Dracula, you know, comes out of his casket, scares the shit out of the dude on the plane, like flies away because he's trying to find Frankenstein, and then gathers all his other goonies. And it's like Powell said, this is like horror goonies or like Halloween goonies. I feel like it's a, like a shitty version and this is bad to say because this movie already isn't like held at high regard. Is a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Do you remember that movie? Yes, I actually like that movie. I like it too. Like it's kind of cheesy, but I really like it. Yeah, like well, first off, I would do anything for Sean Connery. Just putting that out there. <laughs> but besides that, I, I I legitimately think that the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is a decent yeah. movie. But this movie though, you, there was a character that you. That you te- you 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 latched on to wasn't there. Hold on, before I get to my fucking hero, who I can't even remember his fucking name right now. But going it back starts to the with Wolfman, an R, Rudy. But yeah, get back to that. Um, yeah. the Wolfman. How does this guy know I'm a werewolf? You have to lock me up. That's exactly like, what my wife said. Fucking out of nowhere, just comes into the police station. Now he knows he's a wolfman. Like there was uh, so presumably no he turned. So he, presumably he turned into it. So he thought, but the 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 more the thing is, my wife was like, "Well, you have to be bit yes. to become a werewolf." Yes. So where's where's the initial werewolf? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> There's plot holes all over this motherfucker. Like, how? How did he know? And then when he's a werewolf, it's like his entire persona changes. And I was just like, mm, yes, I have to follow Dracula and like kill all these yeah. bitches in here. Um, no, that shitstorm, like the entire also thing. Wolfman when he is blown up cannot pull himself back I've, together. So I've heard of like lichens having regenerative abilities. I know I said that fucked up, but like I know that they can regenerate. Not when they're, like, completely blown to smithereens. With a piece of dynamite. Which, by the way, Dracula's just like, yeah, I got these supernatural powers. Oh. I can fly around. My best weapon is fucking dynamite. <laughs> how does he know how to use, like, modern technology? Like, he is, like, the the EOD guy in the entire group using shit that didn't exist during the 1850s. Like, I don't. I don't understand it. <laughs> Explain to me. So you remember where he where he he's listening for like the amulet in that house yeah. that, and he ha- gets the hammer from yeah. Wolfman, which I don't know why Wolfman Did was you even see there. That since bad he, cut. Yeah, that bad it was a real cut. bad cut. Like he he hit the wall and nothing happened, and then for a split second, then this giant crack comes out of nowhere. <laughs> well, the thing is, he's like, oh, I can't break this. I have to go get dynamite. I was like, you just used the hammer. To knock this head-sized hole into this wall. Just, just keep the using job. the hammer. Yeah. <laughs> no, I am winded. Yeah, like, not whatever. <sighs> anyway. Um, then, they, the- <laughs> then they cut over to the kids, which I don't know any of them. I, I don't, I, I don't No, there's no, I like, there's kid. no stars. 
Fat Kid's okay. name was Horace. No, his name is Fat Kid. Um, right. Until he has a gun in his hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My name is Horace. And I'm just the like, oh, only God. person in this whole movie that I knew was the bully was I used to watch Wonder Years when I was younger. I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember what that show is. I've, I've heard he, of it. He was the main character's older brother. That's the only person in this whole fucking movie that I knew. So apparently he's in what the fuck was it? I think he was in Back to the Future. I think my wife said that he's in Back to the Back to the Future. He's not he's not if she's thinking he's Biff, he's not He's Biff. not Biff. He's not Biff. He he's might, somebody else. Then he might be another character in there. So right. Yeah, he is. Because uh Michael J. Fox says something at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think he is. I don't know what his name is, but I think he's in there. So uh, t- Tiff like pointed it out and then she was just like, oh, fat kid is such and such from this show or movie. And I had no Yo, idea. How the fuck does she? She's a movie person. Like she's into movies. Like I'm not into movies. I let her. watch yeah. movies. But anyway, um, they cut over to the kids and then there's Sean, who's like the main character. And yeah. then there's like all his other goonies that don't fucking matter besides fat kid. Yeah, I don't – the one guy with the glasses, like the sunglasses all the time, I guess the reason he's there is because at one point they have to get her his sister. But yes. I don't remember what his name is. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, but obviously Fat Kid gets bullied because he's fat by these, right. these two assholes. And then my fucking <laughs> hero shows up. They're Smoking in like, a cigarette. They're, they're in like junior high, I think, maybe elementary school. They're 12 years yeah. old, so I'm assuming they're in like junior high or some shit like that. I would think Rudy's a little bit older. Yeah, he's like at least a grade or two above. But he yeah. rides in on his fucking bike with the, the little saddleback thing on there. And not a motorcycle, a bicycle. He's on a bicycle. <laughs> he skids over right in front of the bullies. He takes a match, lights it with his fucking Oh, my sneaker. God. Smokes up that cigarette while he's in like this really tight leather jacket and he's got these aviators that he pulls up and he's just like, what's up, Horace? Oh, what's up, Rudy? I'm just like, oh, my fucking God. (laughs) He's the he's like the king of the nerd, not the king of the nerds, but he's the savior of the nerds of the monster squads. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Uh, Just everything about that character. I'm just screaming like like this kid is trying way too hard or like this script is like self-aware that that actor played that character perfectly i think perfectly at the best like rudy is my favorite character for how shit he fucking is um my thing is so let's go back to plot holes yeah sure so the whole thing they need so Long story short, to to close the the to send all the bad guys to limbo, they have to have a virgin read this sacred text. Never do they say it has to be a female virgin. It never says it. It never says it. You know, I was thinking that too, and I thought maybe I missed something. All of those kids, all the boys, and I'm probably gonna say Rudy too. Oh hell yes, Rudy. They're all virgins, but this whole time they're like, let's get whoever this fucking kid's name is, his sister, his sister, you know, she says she's not a virgin. Oh, come to find out she read the text, which is all in German. So that's why the German guy's there to help him read it, which by the way, you like the little Holocaust nod they did? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, and he was yeah, just like, like, I know monsters. I know monsters. And he shuts it and you can see the tattoo on his arm. I'm just but like, again, I was like, he's German. Uh, so I guess maybe he's German and Jewish. So maybe that's why he has a tattoo on. That's who was killed. They the, all lived in Germany. They're all Ger- They all speak German. They were yeah, you're right. German. Yeah. yeah, you're right. But uh, yeah, there's so many. This movie has a 7.1 on IMDb. No, it doesn't. Uh, yes, it, I'm looking at it right now. No, are you six? Uh, 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, which isn't bad for Rotten Tomatoes. No, it's not. 61% on Metacritic, and 93% of people like this movie. I think we're the anomaly. <laughs> I think that everyone knows that this is a joke and we don't. Like, we I were not in on is. it. Yeah, we're not in on it and we don't understand. Like, and now we don't get it. <laughs> so, I, I have a question. Like, are you going to go watch this movie again before we do the podcast? Yeah, I, I have to. I have to take notes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it again. I'm going I'm I'm gonna to watch, watch it like 1.5 speed. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably watch it again tomorrow. And then... There's one scene. You, okay, so when Frankenstein shows up and Dracula tells him go go kill the kids and get the book, yeah. Like in the in the movie, like there's this book that belonged to fucking um, Van Helsing. Van Helsing, and he wanted to get the book back so that he could, he could protect himself um, because there's a way to get rid of Dracula in that book. Well, when Frankenstein goes and finds them, there's Sean, the the little shit. Yeah. There's Horace. Fat kid, um, Rudy is like off in the distance. The little girl, Sean's little sister, she's great. I loved her. She's she's fucking hilarious. And then Frankenstein. Yeah, there are six kids, but in the scene where they start taking Frankenstein with them and they walk into the sunset, there is seven kids. Oh no! There's the there's Eugene, the little boy with the beagle, but he wasn't there. He always he's always with them. Then I'm missing something. I like I said, I have to go back and and rewatch it. But my I'm wife the whole sure time was like, he's not there. My wife the whole time was like, if this dog dies, I'm done with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which I will segue. In, the other movie we watched was The Gate. Okay. And The Gate is a movie that came out in uh oh, I don't remember ninety. It came out the same year that the movie Ishtar came out. That's the only thing I know. The I Gate know, came out nineteen eighty seven, same year. Okay. Uh, this is one of those movies where it's like you know how Gremlins is like a quote unquote scary movie, but it's not like you could let a kid watch it. That like, do you think it's a scary movie? Um, I've never watched Gremlins. Okay, so my wife has, and she says it's just angry Furby. It's exactly what it is. Okay, uh, but it's one of those movies that, and I, I take this from Red Letter Media. Uh, Jay had said this from Red Letter Media. It's one of those movies where it's it's like horror, but it's like entry level horror, where you could show this to like a ten year old, and they'd be like, "Oh, that's kind of funny. Let me start watching these other kind of movies that are in this genre." That's okay. what the gate is. The gate's like that too. Basically, you would love the gate because there's there's a guy in there named Terry, and he's a huge metalhead, but he's also like a super fucking nerd. Fuck so yeah. the re like so what happens is in the gate. Uh, do you did you ever watch the Blade movies? I I think I've seen them all once. 
the bad guy from the first one, uh, his name, his the actor's name is Stephen Dorff. It's a young Stephen sure. Dorff in this movie. He's in it, and uh, basically, mom and dad go away for like three days. His older sister is in charge, uh, but their tree in the backyard, they the mom and dad get the tree cut down because it's dying. And that was sure. like the tree that had the clubhouse on it and all that stuff. Well, come to find out there was an entrance to hell underneath it. So, <laughs> of course, yeah, of course there is. And it's got very good, like some of the effects you can see like, oh, that looks a little rough. But they uh, I really liked it. My wife was like, this isn't a good movie, but it's better than Monster Squad. So, <laughs> I mean, I can there's a lot of things in my mind that's better than Monster Squad. Ah. <sighs> Like I said, maybe. Oh, the other thing I was going to say about Monster Squad is the guy that wrote uh, one of the screenplay writers was, of course, the director, which is Fred Decker. And then also Shane Black. I don't know if you know who Shane Black is. I've heard that name before. He he wrote the newest Predator movie. And he was also in the original Predator. Okay. And he he's a huge screenwriter throughout his like throughout uh, all that stuff. And I was just like, oh. Okay, well, the thing is, there wasn't, like, a big pussy joke in this movie, so <laughs> there's a big pussy joke in uh, Predator. I, I still have to Predator. watch those movies that you gave me. I've seen the first Predator, but it's been a while. I would rewatch the first one. The second one's like, uh, we rewatched it, and I was like, it still it holds up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Predators with Adrian Brody is pretty good, and then... Uh, I think that was, that was the only three that were in there. Don't bother with a- Alien vs. Predator. Those are garbage. Sadly, Tiff is going to make me watch it regardless. I don't know how they took two amazing franchises and turned them into shit. Tiff is a huge Alien versus Predator fanatic. The comics are amazing. She has the comics. The comics, the omnibus comics are like the uh, the those are fucking phenomenal. But the movies are just like, what the fuck happened? So I don't know. She she fucking loved Prometheus, and I think that she saw the movie after it. I don't remember. Alien Covenant would be the one after that one. I don't know if she saw that one. Well, Prometheus the whole time was like, it's not an alien movie. It's not. And then at the end, you're like, oh, it kind of looks like an alien. But is it? I don't know. Really, Scott's a fucking madman. So but anyway, yeah, let's maybe we should cut off on Monster Squad because we have another podcast. We have to talk about it on tomorrow. So we don't want to blow our load tonight. So no, I'm just going to recharge and be ready. We got to because I think we're the sing- we're the odd men out on this one, man. I mean, it's going to be two on two because is there Scotty, only two other? Is it just us four then? I think it's just I think it's just Powell, Scotty, and then the two of us. Okay, so, I thought Jason might jump in, but I'm not sure. We'll see. Um, I, I I don't know. It's it's going to be an interrogation. I'm like, okay, explain this to me. Yeah, Ex- explain this '80s nuance, and they're gonna be like Universal Monsters, and I'm like, I don't give a shit. That doesn't hold a movie for me. <laughs> Goonies is better than this, and well, Goonies is a good movie, but I've never seen the Goonies. I don't. I like Goonies. It's got okay. a young Sean Astin in it, so sure. Uh, what else did I do this week? The problem is I didn't play a lot of games. Like I played a little bit of Monster. Oh no, we played a game together. Yeah. On Thursday, yeah, I hadn't had fun playing a game like that in a long time. We need to get everyone together again. We got to play it again. We got to play Duck Game again. Duck Game reminded me how much I miss Connor because that motherfucker hasn't been around in fucking months. 
He wasn't even in chat because we couldn't get him into no, the chat, but he didn't but need I to be. But I could feel his quack. He would wait. He wouldn't even quack right away. <laughs> he would just wait and just do quack. <laughs> yeah, just towards the end. I love that game so fucking good. Like that game's so it's good. So fucking We dope. we played that for Thursday Night Throwdown on the Mega Visions Twitch channel. Mm-hmm. Uh it was a fucking great time. I, I recently just did the YouTube edit today where I take out basically anything that has copyright music, I take that out and then I mm-hmm. splice it and all that shit. And I listened to the intro again and the intro is just like, Hey guys, we're playing duck game. That's all I got to say. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there are some ama- there are a lot of reactions from you that I wish I I might actually turn them into ringtones because <laughs> there's one where like I grab a shotgun before you and I shoot you in the face and you just go shit <laughs> <laughs> it's so so good like Duck Game is such a fucking good game that game came out in 2014 and it's still such a good game. And uh, we got to play it again. I think Scotty, I think Windjammers is going to be this week coming up. So you better make sure you're there. I will try. Um, We'll get into the reason later. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, but I'm going to try. Uh, And then I played Illbleed on Tuesday. I started this new segment called Spooky Visions. I need you to explain to me why you fucking like Illbleed. Because I hate that game. So, in my defense right now, I am playing with a walkthrough. Okay. So, that might be why I... Like, if I had to play it without a walkthrough, it would be fucking miserable. Okay. Like, but I don't know. Like, it's because it's so unique, and I've never played a game like that before. And I also like games where... I mean, I've talked about how I like Harvest Moon and all these other games where I have to micro... Like, I like micromanaging. So I have mm-hmm. to manage like you have to manage a health bar, an adrenaline bar, uh, a bleeding bar. Uh, there's so many bars you have to monitor in this. And I thought the stories were legitimately good. I, I got through uh, there's six acts or six shows in the game. I got through the first two. The first one took like an hour and a half because it's a very long one. But the second one's a really short one. This, uh, but they were really good. I don't know, man. Like uh, the music, like I love the hub world music. Like, where you get back to the main area and that music that's playing. I think it's really good. It's it's a $110 fucking game right now. Yeah, fuck that noise. Yeah, like, because I did not have access to it, I did, bur- like, make a copy and play it. And I don't know, man. Like, I've got two more weeks because I'll be in Austin a week, one week this month. So I won't be able to play it one of those weeks. But I got two weeks to beat it. So I'm going to try... Next week, I'm going to try and hit the two, the next two, which are three and four. And then I'm going to hit five and six and hopefully try to end it before October is over. But I don't know, man. I got to find a copy of this game. Like, I love this game so much, and I don't know why I love it. <laughs> I can, like, as long as you're using a walkthrough, then yeah. I can see the justification. In- By the way... Someone needs yeah. to go through and make an uh, because that walkthrough is from like 2010, and it is not right. There are parts where it's like there's a trap here. And I'm like, oh, cool, and I do the fucking horror scan, and I put a dot on it so I don't get scared by it. Oh, it wasn't there. Oh, the trap was over here. God damn it! Like that happened more than once, and I was very upset about this it. This is your chance. This is your chance to be the the anchor to all the ill bleed players that are currently running. This I game. wonder how many people speed run ill bleed. So <laughs> you, yeah. 
Well, we thought nobody sped run or did a speed run of uh, Legend of Dragoon, and we found a whole, or you found a whole fucking community. Yeah. So yeah, that shit is wild. Yeah, I'm hoping that they go to two, uh, Games Done Quick. That'd be fucking dope. But it would be. But they th- those have like select long games that they want to play. Yeah. So and it, since uh, Final Fantasy VII's coming out next year. They're going to be probably focusing on Final Fantasy yeah, 7. Yeah, Final Fantasy 7 is definitely going to be played next year Yeah, in January. Uh, I also got an in, I got an invite this week. Uh, I had, before we even joined Megavisions, I had I had applied to be part of a streaming team on I remember uh, this. Twitch. Uh, it's, uh, so for the team, the team is called Eric's Gaming, and they do a lot of Monster Hunter videos, Borderland videos, basically just kind of like how we do, but they do video form where they just talk about, they don't talk about controversy news. They talk mm-hmm. about just video game news. Like this is what the new Borderlands looks like, or these are the things that the five, these are end game bosses in Monster Hunter world and all this yeah, other yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and how to do it. Uh, but yeah, I got They're asked like, to join. Fext your life for Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, man, I already stream three nights a week and all this other stuff. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. I talked to you. I was like, should I do it? And you were like, yeah, you should probably do it. Just do it. So I'm back to streaming five days a week next week again. So actually, yeah, five days, Sunday through Thursday. Because Sunday, Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday will be Mega Visions. And then Monday and Wednesday will be my personal channel. Which I'm kind of happy because now I can go back. I'm... I'm not saying I'm getting tired of playing Sega games. That's not what I'm saying here at all. Mm-hmm. I am saying I just want... There are other games that are not specifically Sega or Sega-affiliated that I would like to play. Like, I would like to go back and finish Banjo-Kazooie. I would like to go back and finish Mario 64. I was playing... Uh, what was it? Uh, Metal Wolf Chaos. Banjo. Yeah. I have your Banjo. So. I was looking for Banjo the other day. I'm like, where the fuck did it go? Nah, you said it to me. But there's other games I want to play too, so uh, that's gonna give me a chance to get that out of my system. So, okay. I've start I've started a want list of games that I'm looking for. Have you ever played Alien Infestation on the DS? No. It is an Aliens game made by WayForward and Sega. Wow. And it's a very good fucking game. So good that it's still like fifty dollars. Alien Infestation. Is Alien, that, so it's like a 2D Way scroller forward, shooter. WayForward is the guys who do Shantae. Yeah. And a lot of their games lately have been Metroidvanias. Is it very similar to that? No, or? this is a Contra-esque game. Okay. It's a Contra horror kind of game. with I mean, it's Aliens, so. Yeah. But it's on the DS and it looks really good. And I want to get find a copy of it because... I just want to have that for my collection. And then uh, I'm going through, and I thought I had Sonic Adventure 2 Battle on the GameCube, and apparently I fucking don't. So I'm going to... I've got a list of things that whenever I come up to see you and we want we go to your local shop and all that stuff, I'll be looking for shit. So. He's, he's got most of this, like, the important shit. Like, yeah. he's got SA2B and SA2. I think yeah. he's got SA1. He's, he's got a lot of shit. It's... You gotta keep in mind, Northern Virginia is up there. So. Yeah, yep. But I'm trying to think of what else I really did this week. 
uh, I started going through. I so I am really big into the. Uh, so you you're a JoJo fan, so you know a little bit about JoJo, yeah, right? I know a bit. Uh, did you know that Iraqi has been uh, periodically every couple months he's been putting out a hard copy of his mangas? Yes. On Amazon. Well, uh, I kind of fell. I've been collecting. I have all of part one. I have all of part two. I'm almost done with part three, but I fell off of that really hard. I used used to buy one like I would buy one every payday up until it got to the point where I had to wait for the pre-orders mm-hmm. and I fell behind really hard. So I've realized that I'm going to start buying those every paycheck now because I got to get those back up. And I just started going through my mangas and I was just like, God, I got I they're still in boxes. I haven't unboxed any of my books or my manga and stuff like that. So it's basically because I haven't built bookshelves yet. And I don't want to buy any of them, any more of the ones from Walmart because they're shitty particle board and they just start mm-hmm. sagging in the middle, especially yeah. when you have a, a whole row of fucking hardbacks. That's what I'm fucking going through right now because a couple of years ago I bought the Walmart ones and you can see the sag because I have got I've got a hundred fucking discs on every single shelf. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm like, I have I, if I, I were ever to buy them again, I would have to put some kind of supporting beam in the middle yeah. of each shelf. So, mm-hmm. but no, I'm uh, I'm going to eventually start building the bookshelves. But another big thing, a big hefty boy came in this week. Something, yes. Something that I pre-ordered two years ago yes. from firstforfigures.com. My Shovel Knight statue came in. And it is, you know, I'm good. I got to go get it. Hold on. <laughs> okay. This boy. That's a big is bitch. a huge boy. This is my fat little man. So I guess I should just show it. Like, I don't know if I will actually do a clip of this, but just to show you. That's my boy right there. That thing is huge. It is humongous. So I would say it's a good foot right underneath a foot tall. Uh, How what's much awesome does it is weigh? I haven't weighed it, but it's he- the base itself is heavy. So it comes in three parts. So it comes with interchangeable heads. Okay. So if you bought the more expensive version, there were like there's like a fish head in the game that you can have at one point. And yeah. uh it's just a little magnet. There's a magnet right there at the bottom, and there's a magnet at the base of the neck, and it just here. I'll sh- I'll get it on camera. You just slide it in, and it holds. And then the body is a piece, and then this fucking base, which the base is awesome because it's numbered. There's yeah, only I think you're 26. There's only 350 of these. And I got number 26. That's dope. So, yeah, I pre-ordered this bitch super early. And I love it. It Total, it cost me, I think, $330. But it's not bad for a statue of this quality. Yeah. They, like, triple fuck. So, it came in a FedEx box, which was in a FedEx box, which was in its box. And then you got to this in styrofoam padding. So, yeah, you open it up and it has the little business card of the person that quality checked it like and they signed it. So, yeah, they got a, I, I linked it to you. They got a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog and Tails. Yeah, fucking statues. I got to look. They're, they're like five hunts geese. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a place near me called Painted Visions. And uh, while they primarily deal in um, 
magic cards or card games and um, comics. They've got right. a few statues, and they've got some Sonic and Kirby shit that I'm really interested mm, ooh, in. Ooh, I like Kirby stuff. They give you this authenticity card. Nice. And it's like a fucking credit card. So, That's cool. yeah. And then you go onto the website, and you can actually register your product so that they know that you have it. So mm-hmm. that they can like kind of see like everybody got theirs, mm-hmm. and also if anything ever happens to it too, you have some kind of insurance for it too. Okay, would, to a certain you, point. Yeah, because I'm I'm about to say it's like I don't think they're gonna make another. Statue. No, 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 no. So if you were to open it and be like, "Hey, this is like fucking broke or something like that," you'd mm-hmm. have to contact them and they'd be able to take care of it. Okay. But oh my god, it's the most expensive figure I've ever bought. I think that was the most expensive one, but it is. 100% worth it. The attention to detail is be- like the parts where it's obviously chain mail. They textured mm-hmm. it to where it feels like chain mail. Nice. And it's 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 so great. I have that was my most successful tweet ever. I think that <laughs> that tweet ended up with 750 likes and like 100 retweets and all that shit. So I felt coming from a guy that gets like maybe 3 re- retweets and one of them's usually you. That uh, that felt pretty good, <laughs> but yeah. uh, now uh, s- Sunday, yeah, because we recorded on Saturday. Uh, Sunday, what did I stream on Sunday? Um, I streamed Sonic Adventure Battle too. Yeah, and uh, I still like that game. I I played through the hero part, and uh, that last level fucking sucks with the gravity shit with Sonic and all that. But and the uh, crazy gadget is a bitch. Um, and then the tails levels suck too. I don't like the tails levels. I could deal with t- tails levels. I hate knuckles stages. Knuckle stages are the worst. I just like being able to fly around and just it's kind of I mean, like yeah, quote unquote open world. It's fun, but the Egypt one was bullshit. Yes, like, that one's the one where you have to go Getting to like different rooms. Yeah, yeah, that one took a while, um, but. Uh, I've been thinking about possibly taking a day to actually finally work on my Sonic tier list thing that I talked about. Oh, yeah. Because, um, like, I know I don't like Sonic Adventure 2. I know I don't. Uh-huh. But watching you play it, I'm just like, man, you're Seeing missing it through all somebody the else's. fucking... Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you're watching somebody else play it, I'm just like, you're missing all the shit! <laughs> Get the sunglasses! Oh, yeah, I forgot about the sunglasses. <laughs> They they just will allow you to see stuff that's hidden, like yeah, like little secrets. They're they're required in order to complete hard mode. Like mm, okay, uh, we'll probably we'll put that on the back burner since it's October now. But I would like to play the the dark side and then finish the game fully. So yeah, that's all I got. I think that's basically all I did. Uh, before I'm just looking at it. Did you see Demon Slayers coming to Toonami? No, I did not. Yeah, the uh, the trailer dropped, I think, yesterday, showing the Toonami promo. Nice, everyone like, who doesn't have Hulu can finally watch it. Basically, yeah. <laughs> also, did you see the link for that fucking loop on the third movie? Okay, so I don't like it. Really? I, I don't like the way that it looks. It looks so good! <laughs> I don't know. Like, I know I'm in the minority saying this because I had the same argument on Twitter and I'm just like, I don't know what it is about this, but I just don't like it. Yeah. Like I grew up watching the, the old the 2d one. old school style. Art. The one on Toonami. 
I didn't even watch it on Toonami. I had OVA. Oh, that's how that's how I first watched it was on Toonami. I didn't even know it existed. Apparently, Lupin the Third's been around for like twenty five fucking years. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the oldest. Uh, they do like a there. special every year over in Japan. I didn't know that. They do like a special like, uh, I don't know. It's like a Christmas. Like they'll do it around Christmas time and stuff like that. Uh, the, what's the one uh, the anime that came the Lupin the Third anime that came out uh, like in two thousand. 13, 14, it was something, something Fujiko, and it was all kind of revolving around Fujiko, and it was kind of dirtier, and it was really weird at some points, too. Uh, I don't, I don't remember seeing that one. The last one that I saw was with the crazy uh, woodcutter, the guy with the two hack, the axes. Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, Not the woman called Fujiko. I don't know. Uh, It was a really good really really good one that came out so but i would definitely recommend checking that out but yeah i'm super excited about it because i love loop on the third i love how goofy he fucking is there are tons of movies yeah and just tons of specials man so i think like my biggest issue with it is that i don't like the the 3d art style i don't like the animation like something is just off to me I don't know. I'm usually a stickler when it comes to like that stuff. And even I was like, this looks really good. I did see a tweet that someone was like, why is David Lynch? David Lynch is the guy that made Twin Peaks and all that stuff. Why is he choking Lupin? And then I had to go look at a picture of David Lynch. I was like, holy shit, it looks just like David Lynch. Yeah, I saw that tweet and I'm just like. That's pretty cool. Anyway, I can't find this. Someone will probably correct me, but uh, yeah, it's a really good time to be an anime nerd. So, yeah, that's that's it for my week, man. Um, I had a little not not necessarily busier, like because Monday was closeout. Yeah. And I slept for like three days. And then after I came back to life, um, I did a bit more of an in-depth look at the. North American and the Japanese Sega Genesis Mini. Right. Um, I was the douchebag that went out and got bought both. I'm still waiting on my Tower of Power to come in, which is probably going to come in when I'm away from home. Fuck all them. Don't 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 worry about what they say. You do what you want to do. Um. I at first I was really hype for the Japanese release. Because uh-huh. it had the Yu Yu Hakusho fighting game, and right. I love that game. I think it's called like Battle for the Demon Plane or some shit. It's like, like four, that. Uh, four players too, right? Yeah, you could you could put a multi tap in there and have uh, four player battles, um, and it's it's just it's just a sh- very straightforward fighter. You got your 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 light punch, your your light attack, your med- your your heavy attack, and then you have your guard button, and that's all that game is. But it's okay. just it's all the characters are very varied. It's just a shit ton of fun. Um, however, the Japanese mini has I want to say like fifteen different RPGs and strategy games <laughs> that are not translated. That you do not that speak just, fluent. That I do not fluent. speak. No, and like I know that there are translation patches out there, and I'm like. You know, I can just buy the game, the Japanese version of the game, and then play it on my Retron 5, but then that defeats the purpose. 
because I'm trying to just play everything on the mini itself. Yeah. And while some of the games are really, really cool, when it comes down to just trying to play these strategy games or trying to play some of these RPGs, it's impossible for me. That's yeah. Just flat the, out. So that Yu Yu Hakusho game reminds me of the Gundam game that's on Super Nintendo that was only in Japan. Like it's a, a really bit. good. It's a well, not set, like fighting wise and stuff like that, but it's just like a really good game in Japanese that we never got over here. So you better just kind of like hope you can traverse through the fucking uh, menu and get to the fight. Yeah, I mean the. So I I own that game. Um, mm. I forget what it's. I think it's called Endless Waltz. That game is fan fucking tastic. It's great. It's the by the same guys that did the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fighting game. Yep. Um, that game is so fucking good. But as far as the Yu Yu Hakusho game, there's two fighting games I know about from that era. It was one for the Sega Genesis, and then there's Final, which is on the Super Nintendo. Um, both of them are are outstanding, and I'm very surprised how popular it was in Japan for it to rate coming on to you know the the Japanese mini. Like yeah. I'm. Of any game out there, you chose an anime game, and it right. was the Yu Hawk Show fighting game. So I'm like, I'm very impressed with that shit. Um, what else? Our D and D campaign got canceled because everyone's going fucking crazy, and it's right before my vacation. So, <laughs> buddy of mine came over. We played Champions of Norath, which is oh nice. Of, it's based off of the EverQuest. Um, yeah, yeah, I played the world. shit out of that game. Um. So I played Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance first. Yeah. And Champions of Norath is a prettier game. I don't think that it's as good as Baldur's Gate. Did you Um, ever play Dark Alliance 2? Yes. You know that? I don't know what the price of that game is now, but that game used to be like fucking $60. Like, I think it still floats around there. Like both, both Baldur's Gate games for the Xbox specifically are rather expensive i don't i don't know off the top of my head right now yeah but yeah they're they're still up there in price um but champions of norath that's okay that'll probably be like a once in a while thing yeah Um, i finally got around to playing oninaki i remember when we did the uh the marathon that had just come out and i was super pissed because i got the digital version vice the the uh the physical copy Mm -hmm. but that game is weird um <laughs> so it's made by Tokyo RPG Factory, which is a subsidiary of Square Enix. Yeah. Uh usually they do traditional um turn based RPGs like I Am Setsuna or Octopath Traveler or Lost Sphere. Um this one is more action orientated. It is you are this I guess you could say like not not necessarily a samurai, but you're this warrior called a watcher and you can commune with the dead. And what you have to do is you have to bring lost souls back to heaven, more or less. Or, and you have to eradicate all the the souls that are just beyond saving. And you'll have these stands. Uh, I forget what their actual name is, but they're essentially stands with different abilities. So you start off with the katana chick. And she has like these thrusts and she's very dodgy and shit like that. And then later on you'll pick up the spear guy and he's... He's heavy. He's more defensive. Right. Um, instead of dodging around, you're able to jump, and he deals more heavy damage. Um, it's it's okay. 
Okay. I'm not going to say that it's it's great. I have to look at more of the dialogue because I know that a lot of games from Tokyo RPG Factory get some shit because they're very grindy and um, yeah, they're very slow. But the storylines are usually quite good. Maybe not necessarily in Lost Sphere, but in I Am Seton, I enjoyed it, and definitely in Octopath Traveler. Um, Oninaki needs a little bit more time, but I'm I'm liking it. It's okay. Have you played Untitled Goose Game yet? No, I have not. I have not played game, the game of the year. <laughs> that game is fantastic. I love that game so well, much. Well, you like I've... fucking with people in general. So <laughs> <laughs> that game's this right game, up your alley. This game was made for me. Um, I'm not going to get into too much detail because it's fucking everywhere. Everyone yeah. knows what it is. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's streaming it. It is. All I want to say is that People have made a D&D stat block for the goose. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's perfect. It's absolutely <laughs> perfect. Uh, I wish I, could, I wish my phone was on so I can, like, talk about it. But it is the best. Like, he's able to, like, smite people when, when in order to defend himself. And he's, like, <laughs> uh, tricks people, casts friends on people, uh, has heightened evasion. I love um, how that game just started in a Facebook group. Yeah, <laughs> they're just like it's, goose are funny, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it, I just love it. I'll I need to pick it up. It. You need to. It's it's great. Um, I mean, I bought a big fucking TV now, so that's why the camera angles are different. Is that a curved uh, monitor? No, it's not a curved. It's monitor. just a ner- normal. Okay, it's a regular ass monitor. Yeah. Um, before jumping onto the podcast, I played two games. One of them was One Step from Eden. I finally got into the beta. Nice. That game, like, it was a good game before. That game is fucking great. Oh, has it changed like, a lot? Because I remember I streamed it back when I was had the so demo. They've expanded on it. When you play the demo, it was just like that ice area, and there was the bitch with the, uh, the icicles that would yeah. kill you. Um, they've expanded on it. There's like eight different characters now. Oh wow! Um, new new enemies, new spells. I mean, if you're a fan of Mega Man Battle Network, you need to yeah. check out One Step from Eden. It is a gorgeous game. I've been following the developer wherever he goes. He went to GDC. He went to fucking Tokyo Game Show. He's been winning awards for the games, like left and right. It's it's a high quality game. I don't. I really am trying to find something that is wrong with it. And it just comes, I I can't, maybe like, maybe like writing errors. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you've been following this game before you even met me. So yeah. When I first heard about one step from Eden was last Magfest last year. Um, and it was one of the first, it was our game of the show. Yeah. It was best in show for Magfest. And I'm hoping that we get to see it again because it's, it's, it's so fucking sexy. Oh man, what if we see so uh what if we see that in Fiction Sphere at the at Magfest this year? I would love to see Fiction Sphere too. Yeah. Fiction Sphere They 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 reached their we talked about it before, but they did reach their their Kickstarter goal, so that's L- good. Yeah, luckily. Luckily, cuz that It came, came through there right at the end. <laughs> yep. Um and then there's a game that I want to play with the Mega Visions crew. Um it's called Think of the Children. So think of the children. You are the adult 
you are a parent and you have a child. When I was playing the tutorial, I'm like, okay, this isn't all that bad. So they give you little missions based on what it is that you have to do. I can't get past the first mission because my children keep on dying. And I need more parents to keep an eye on the children with me. So, so you just need more people to play. So you I can need win. more people to play so I can win. But it is absolute chaos because the first stage, you're at this park. You have six kids around you. But in this park, you have to you know, flip the burgers and make the food. And you have to set the table and you have to set up the piñata. But there is... Uh, like the street, there's like a bunch of butterflies in the street that the kids get distracted in and they'll start playing in the street and you have to make sure that no cars fucking run them over. Oh there's a God. fucking pool right in, on the right side of it and none of the kids can fucking swim and they're all about to fucking die. The, there's a sandcastle where there's a, where there's a hole in the fence and a fucking dog comes out and will eat the children. They'll drag them behind the fence and eat the children. There's a beehive that will sting them dead. There's, there's spontaneous fires at the grills <laughs> cps will take your fucking kids just out of fucking nowhere and you have to run around save the kids and make sure the stupid fucking birthday party goes through well and i can't i can't do it <laughs> i can't do it on my own can't i do need it other my... people <laughs> it sounds like you have six kids in real life is what you're trying to tell <laughs> that game is more stress than i thought it would be like, at first, I laughed when I saw it. I'm like, haha, this is funny. And I'm like, no, no, stop. Oh, like, my first shock was the kid was playing in the street. I'm like, no, no, sweetie, we need to come back. And then a fucking car comes out of nowhere and launches him. Oh, shit. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? And then CPS drives by, and they've got, like, this giant, like, rape van come out of nowhere and he comes out and he, they see the kid and they drag the kid into the van and I'm just like I'm right here they did nothing <laughs> it was terrible that game is the worst it's a really good game like it's it's very competently made <laughs> but one but, person it's impossible but one person it's impossible and, th and they, they gave me like oh you know, two of your six kids survived. You passed. I'm like, what? That's not even a pat. That's not even like a D. That's jail. <laughs> You're going to jail. If one of them had dies or gets taken away. Uh, it was, it was so fucking annoying because you have two kids in the pool and you go to save them and you're watching the, the dog drag this little girl behind the fence and she's fighting for her fucking life, but you can't run in water and you're just so fucking slow. And one of the kids ends up drowning anyway. And by the time you get them out, you're going to try to save the girl and the little fucker goes right back into the pool. <laughs> I need more people to play this game. With me. <laughs> is I this a Thursday help. night throwdown? <laughs> this is a Thursday night throwdown in November. <laughs> Or you can make it October because it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> it's a horror game in disguise. Yeah. Oh, that's anyway. Good. That's that's my week. Yeah. It looks. Uh, just done. to recap, uh, it looks like Dark Alliance Two is going for forty three complete. And okay. uh, the that you're right. That Gundam Wing. It's it's uh, it's Gundam Wing Endless Waltz in like American. Or English, but in Japanese it's Shin Kido Senki Gundam Wing Endless Duel, 
but yeah, I need to get a copy of that because that game's really fucking good. So. Yeah. All right, man. Sorry, like I said, I'm tired. So no, it's, it's all good. Uh, let's go to the news. We don't have a whole, like lots of Sony news, but other than that, that's about it. There's a lot of bullshit going on with this Sony news. So we found we recently found out earlier in this week that Sean Layden has decided to leave Sony Interactive Entertainment. Um. At first, it's like, you know, it's not really that big of a deal because we, back in April, I believe, we lost Reggie at Nintendo. Yeah. But Reggie was like, I am ready to retire. I'm ready to move on. Yeah, we had answers. Predecessor, we had answers. Like, hey, man, I'm done. I'm leaving. I'm going to go enjoy my family and go invest in some bullshit. Which, by the way, he's he's an inductee to the Video Game Hall of Fame now. Good. He deserves it. Yes, he does. Um, But, like, we knew... All of his moves. We knew where he was going. Sean Layden <laughs> was like the Reggie equivalent to Sony. Yeah. Like he was the face of Sony. And like while he wasn't, I'm not, I'm not going to say that he's not as charismatic, but he was definitely more refined, Yeah, I guess you could say, than Reggie. I mean... Reggie could, I, like, I mean, Reggie went with the memes and stuff like that. Yeah, and, like yeah. Reggie, Reggie's the cool dad. Whereas Sean was more of like, he, you know, he enjoyed the finer things in life. He really, but he still brought the bread to the the table. Story tending, the story tending, the storytelling aspect of gaming, which was really, really good. Um, But uh, he abruptly left. And apparently there has been this power struggle going on within Mm. Sony uh, Interactive Entertainment. I've got some notes on it. the exit seems to be a, uh, amid reports of an internal power struggle between President Jim Ryan over the restructuring and globalization of SIE. And I'm going to just reference SIE. Yeah, it's of easier. Spelling out Sony Interactive. Um, Layden's exit is not the only one because SIE's Japan and Japan and Asia president, Atsushi M- M- uh, Morita, departed earlier this week due to age as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but these exits come during a time of transitional upheaval both within the looming release of the PlayStation 5 and also within the company. Because during the time of the initial restructure a year ago, then PlayStation president John Codera took control of the Americas and the Japanese market, while Deputy President Jim Ryan assumed responsibility for Europe. Layton's role would be to concentrate on the worldwide studios uh, aspect and continuing to provide the platform with defining content for the growth of SIE. So mm-hmm. he was really focusing on like trying to get developers to jump on board. He is the reason why Insomniac Games came on yep. board to, to Sony. Um, Thank well, God, because we got a good Spider-Man game. <laughs> we got a good Spider-Man game out of that, and I think they're coming out with something else, and I don't remember what it is. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, but back in February, John Codera and Jim Ryan switched roles, with Codera now being focusing on user experiences and network services, and Ryan just doing all three regions now. He was yeah. doing Europe, the Americas, and Japan. Um, with this new position, Jim Ryan now only answers to Sony Corporation CEO Kenichiro Yoshida. And that's a big deal because Yoshida... I think he only came into power within the last two years. Like yeah. he came, became the top dog of the CEO. Um, during the last, I guess you could say, eight months, uh, Jim Ryan and Layden have been clashing because uh, 
remember back in back a couple months, maybe a year, when cross platform play between Microsoft and Nintendo was yeah. a really big deal, and Sony yeah. was not involved wanting to. But we thought there was going to be a deal, but then it kind of fizzled out. Well, they originally only sided with Fortnite and didn't give anything else. Well, that idea not to do cross-platform play was Jim Ryan's idea. He's very old-school business, where Sean Layden was all about, like, you know, sharing information and working with uh, the other That's so weird that... That's so weird, because right after his departure, they announced that... Yes, that that's that's what I don't understand. It made so, it look like he was the factor that was preventing them right from going across play. So, so I don't know if that dirty. was done out of spite or what. Like, oh, now you're leaving. Now I guess we can do this cross platform. I mean, all we have is a fucking tweet. We have a tweet yeah. from PlayStation. Uh, Layton hasn't even like updated any of it, like his like social media or anything like that. Nah. He hasn't even come out with like an official statement. And I mean, a tweet's not an official statement either. Like it's official enough to be like, "Hey, we got you know he's leaving." But there should be an actual official statement that should be a couple pages long, telling what everything that's going on and all that stuff. We didn't get mm-hmm. that either, and it's been almost what a week. Uh, just about. It's just it's almost a week, but. I mean, it's it's just strange that thirty two years you know, Layden was there. Yeah, he started off as like a communications director. Yeah, in Tokyo, Japan. Director. Yeah, which is crazy. But now that Layden has gone, we've also seen another big change where PlayStation now saw a major price cut. All yep. of its subscriptions half. were cut in half. That was also Jim Ryan's idea because Jim Ryan's really trying to compete with Microsoft and Google with this whole streaming bullshit that they're trying out. Yeah. Um, That was something that Sean Layden was not so keen on. And he was just like, yeah, streaming is important, but we really need to focus on the quality of the games. Jim Ryan is like, no, we need to capitalize on trying to get as many subscribers because they see what Microsoft is doing. And the Xbox Game Pass is phenomenal. I've heard it's now. great. Yeah, it, I, I have it's it. really good. I don't I have, have it's I don't really have good. Can it be can it can only be played on Xbox, right? Or can it be on PC too? I think it's on PC as well. I think that there's like some sort of cross-platform bullshit. Ooh, I need on. to check into that because there's a I don't, couple games. I, don't I can play, play Sunset PC, Overdrive. I, yeah, like you you need you need to check that out for your own sake. Um but a lot of third-party developers are now starting to worry about the future of the PlayStation 5 for this reason because Sean Layden gave a lot of freedom and put a lot of emphasis on the third party. Yeah. And, you know, bringing them in, yeah, come in exclusive under Sony and we'll take care of you and, you know, make the game that you want to make. Now there could be... Oh, man, now I fear for Insomniac. Right? Yeah. So I don't... I don't know what the future is going to bring with Jim Ryan because he is more old school business. I don't know um, if I like that. Like it seems like it seems like they're doing the opposite of what Microsoft did. Like yeah. Microsoft was like we're in trouble, let's give Phil Spencer like Phil Spencer he was basically, you know, th- Yeah, and like Phil Spencer is like the equivalent to what Reggie and Sean were. Yeah. So I'm like what what are we going to do now? I don't know. I'm I am legitimately worried about Sony coming up. Like all this uh all this corporate restructure right before a generation like a a system generation switch too. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's concerning. 
And it's, I'm also I'm tired of all I'm so tired of all the subscriptions. I'm so tired of all everything. The subscriptions don't bother me as long as like I'm using them, right? I, that's the thing. I'm not going to be using all these things. So Xbox Game Pass that one legitimately looks on pretty there. good. That one is legitimately good. Um I recently I think I still have my Nitro subscription, but that's only to boost Mega Visions. Yeah. I mean it's really I not. I don't have another us. subscription. If Sony were to come out with a subscription service, I don't know if I'd jump on that because I like owning physical copies. Yeah. Are you talking? Oh, and, are we talking just games? I'm talking subscription services in general. Oh, I mean, I like to think that the subscription services that I subscribe to are useful. You know, yeah. it sucks that Microsoft has you know Microsoft Office as a subscription, but it is what it is. It's seven bucks a month. I don't care. Yeah. Um, Spotify, you know, I pay 15 bucks a month to have a family plan. Hulu is the only one that I pay for out of all the video <laughs> ones. And then me and my buddies will share Netflix or some shit like that. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. My thing is I keep justifying as long as it's cheaper than cable. But the point where it's no longer cheaper than cable and then you realize you're not watching everything. Like, mm-hmm. I have Hulu and I have Netflix. Uh, that's strictly mostly for my wife. She watches those. Uh, I have Google Play, which gives me YouTube Red for free. Uh, I would okay. know. I would never actually. I don't know. I like YouTube Red because I don't. I hate fucking ads. They're wasting my time. Yeah. And like, uh, I used to think it was just like, oh, let me do YouTube Red for a little bit. Maybe I'll watch. Uh, what's that fucking Karate Kid spinoff? Uh, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. I'll watch a little bit of that, and that's a good show. And then I'll, like, I'll get rid of it. And then I dropped YouTube Red, and then the ads came back. Yeah, and you're just like, fuck this. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck this noise. So yeah. I also have um, YouTube Premium. That's what it's called now. Yeah. If anyone which, says that they get YouTube Premium for the shows, they're a fucking liar. <laughs> yeah. You no. get it. I get it because I don't want ads. And also I know that my people that I watch are getting supported through that. Like they mm-hmm. do get uh, a percentage of it, so. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I have Crunchyroll. I've had that forever. I can't remember the last time I watched an anime on that. I mean, so I don't have Crunchyroll. I I have Crunchyroll, but I don't subscribe to it because I don't mind the the advertisements. They show the same three ads though, like yeah. three times in a fucking show, which at the beginning, be in the middle, and right at the end, and it's right at the end. <laughs> I mean, that can be annoying, but. Honestly, I don't want to drown myself in subscriptions because it's just another reoccurring bill. So if I'm looking at what Sony is doing, you have to give me a reason to play it. I needed a reason to play my Xbox. Xbox And a lot of stuff that's coming out on the Epic Game Store is also coming out on Xbox. And that's my justification. Yeah. Well, I guess the first justification for this Sony one is at least it's been cut in half. It was twenty bucks. Yeah. That's a lot for a subscription. That's service. a lot for C- compared to everybody like, else. Yeah. So. I don't know. Like we said, uh, we have a couple articles talking about you know some of the older stuff that's been going on. Like uh, you, you talked about it earlier when they were talking uh, when Jim Ryan and all that stuff were shifting. But I don't know. Uh, we just again, this time's gonna tell with this one, so we got to see yeah. what happens with Sony. So we got to It's gonna be about a good two, three years before we see what the actual playing field's gonna look oh, yeah. like. Yeah, 
Uh, this was one that came out of fucking left field. I was reading this article and I was just like, what? What's going on here? So yeah. the next article we have is a collectible company, NECA, which is, uh, I didn't write the, it's down in the article. I'll get to it. But they have bought Loot Crate. So apparently Loot Crate's back. And Loot Crate is back. Uh, it's so weird because uh, I love the way this article starts this off. It says bankrupt gamer and geek subscription box service. I'm like, that's a little that's a little harsh. Like, yeah, they're bankrupt, but you don't got to throw it in their face nonstop. It so. is what it is. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, they've been they've received a lifeline from none other than Elvis Presley, which we'll get into that. Uh, Joel Weinshanker. Wine, 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 shanker, wine, shanker uh, is a controlling owner. I don't know if that's right, but I totally would want a name that has shanker in it. Right. This guy just like has his hand in a bunch of different fucking pots. It's so weird. Yeah. Uh, so he's the controlling owner of Graceland. Yeah. He's a partner with Elvis Presley Enterprises. <laughs> so and weird. he also owns Nika Incorporated, which produces a lot of X-Men, Star Trek and Batman. A lot of Godzilla figures, figures too. A lot of Godzilla figures. Like mm -hmm. they do a lot of, you know, different things. Yeah. Um, so they're all in like the Comic-Con scene. Like that's just what I'm going to Oh, yeah. Yeah, because with all these, uh, he, the article goes to talk about like with all these subscription services and all this stuff coming out. They're like, this is a great time to be making figures because we don't care about everything going digital because everyone still wants figures. So mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I think he said he said he's got big plans for uh, loot 2.0 apparently. Yeah, his quote is, "It's going to be loot 2.0. You're going mm -hmm. to see it as a platform, not just as a crate." Around the world, it's going yeah. to be the platform for IPs holders to get out their movies, their television shows, and their video games. What the fuck I does that mean? What that fucking means at all? Like, is he going to become a video game producing company? Is the Loot Crate going to be like? No, 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 no. I think that what this is trying to angle is that maybe they'll they'll. They'll make deals with other developers in creating figures and shit for their games. And much like what they do for X-Men, Star Trek, and Batman, they're going to start doing for video games. Yeah. So uh, maybe we'll see some God of War figures come out. Maybe the maybe the maybe we'll actually get cool stuff in those boxes again. Because I know for a while there we were just getting some garbage and loot crates. In, hold on, hold on, hold on. In the beginning, it wasn't that bad. No, no. In the beginning, I started in the beginning. In the beginning, you got a bunch of good shit. I remember one mm -hmm. year or one month, I got like, it was zombie themed. And I got like a bunch of cool zombie stuff related. And then I got the fucking zombie survival guide by Max Brooks. Like that full book yeah. was in there. Everyone had that. Granted, book. I already owned it. So now I have mm -hmm. two copies of it, but no, uh, yeah, it's the National Entertainment Collectibles Association. Uh, okay. But this is so weird. Like I love, I have, I own NECA figures and stuff like that. But this guy, it's just, it's a weird move. It's a weird thing to do. Like to just buy out. I mean, it makes sense. Like it yeah. makes sense that a company like NECA would try to eat up loot crate let me rephrase that it's not weird that they would buy it's just this joel guy is weird like he like he just he owns so much different things like or he's part of so much like i mean that's businessman i guess i guess i guess that this is what it means to diversify your portfolio that's what all i my, guess like my old people friends say 
This guy's just like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Fuck it, whatever. So, yeah. Uh, but I yeah, diversify is my fucking video game collection. Yeah, as we as we talked about, I remember talking about this. Uh, actually, it wasn't very many podcasts ago, but when Loot Crate filed for bankruptcy, they laid off like fifty people, and yeah. that's a big deal because their squad or their crew wasn't very big. No. So 50 people wasn't just like it wasn't like 50 out of 10,000 people. I think they only held on to like the administrative people yeah. to help close out. And then when they got bought out, they're just like, OK, well, all production is going to be run by NECA now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When they let 50 employees go there was after that, there was only 60 full time employees remaining. Yeah. So. And it was split up between administration and warehouse. Yeah. So. I don't know, man. Uh, maybe we'll be starting up our loot crates again in the in the coming months. You know, that made me think back to every fucking loot crate esque subscription I tried signing up for. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of video game subscription services where you would pay like fifty bucks a month, mm-hmm. and you were to get at least fifty dollars worth of video games. It would be like, you know, three to five different cartridges. So every now and then you would get like an uncommon or like a, a really nice game. And then all the other ones would be like some gumbo fucking bullshit, like, like or some whack ass shit, Yeah, which is, it is what it is. I mean, like you're just trying to follow a theme and sometimes you get a shitty game, It's which f- it's, it's fine. It's funny. Cause I think loot box, loot crate. Like I remember when I first got loot crate, that was probably my, one of my first subscription services besides like Netflix. I've had Netflix for God mm. fucking years. But after I saw Loot Crate, I started seeing all these other ones pop up, like Birchbox, which is like a men's grooming one. My wife mm-hmm. does. She has like an Epsy bag that she gets every month, and it's just like random yep. shit in it and all that. And I remember my Loot- wife tried. My wife tried getting me into like one of those men's fashion. Yeah, yeah, or the uh, clothes crates. and all that. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah, man. But Loot Crate, even I remember Loot Crate had Loot Crate. It had Loot Crate XL. Which was like mm-hmm. you paid more and got bigger. They had anime crate or whatever it was. Yep. They had uh, they had a bunch of shit. I think they had hentai crate too. Yeah, I, th- I know y- you probably had that one. <laughs> 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 I tend to download mine illegally or just watch it and just feel like I don't want to own one. I when I was younger, I owned two hentai's and I was just like, why the fuck did I buy these? I can just get all <laughs> no. this shit for free. When I was stationed in MCRD San Diego, there was a porn shop right across the street from the base that was off limits. And off limits is like, if we catch you there, we're going to fucking NJP you or fucking read you your rights or some stupid shit. Yeah. Um, but it was the weekend. It was a week that my wife came down to visit because the first not the first half of my enlistment, but at least like the first two years of my enlistment, she was back in New York finishing her certification. Okay. But she came down to visit and we went to the porn shop Uh-oh. and we're like scouring through the fucking like porn videos. And lo and behold, Tiff pulls out this fucking hentai. Was it Bible black? <laughs> no, no, I don't even, I think it was like a compilation of like some shit. It was the worst. I'm just going to tell you right now, I am mad. I am mad with the hentai on Pornhub right now. I'm going to say, I don't care. I go on Pornhub. Big fucking deal. I go on there, and it's all this just, like, apparently everyone wants this fucking 3D shit now. Like, I like my old school 
anime. If I'm going, you know, it's not every day. You don't want hentai every day. Then it's not special anymore. So, <laughs> so the one time I do go on there, I'm in like, you know, I get to like page seven and I'm just like, I don't even want to jerk off anymore. This is bullshit. So <laughs> but I don't know. Like, that's why I, the, the quality of hentai needs to get better. That's all I'm saying right now. Make hentai great again. Hashtag make hentai great again. That'll be my MAGA hat. <laughs> That's my <laughs> make hentai great again. I can't even do MAGA. <laughs> oh, anyway. Yeah, be on the lookout for fucking Loot Crate, apparently. It'll be coming out soon, so. Yeah. More Sony news. Uh, It turns out that that PS5 dev kit, yeah, that shit's real. First off. It also has a fucking name. To, to cut you off beforehand, this the formatting of this article is so fucking weird. Like, oh, it's terrible. Are you looking at the same one? It looks like it's one are paragraph. You are you talking about the comic book one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, according to new reports uh, from Gizmodo, which they didn't fucking cite in the beginning, it's like halfway down the article, and that's when they decide to name drop Gizmodo. Yeah. Um, that's according dirty. According to new reports... PlayStation 5 dev kit is called Prospero, which if you don't know what that's from, he's the protagonist of William Shakespeare's The Tempest. Just throwing that out there. I don't know what the correlation is, but that's what they fucking called it. I thought it was just going to be like it's a fancier word for uh, prosperous or something like that. Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... Um, the the leaked images that came from Digital Go are real. Um, I'm happy about that because I liked the model. I don't know if that's what the final product is going to be like, but th- those dev kits are definitely real. Yeah. Um, also, Gizmodo was able to confirm that Sony is utilizing an older camera or older camera tech than Microsoft is, which I had no idea that that was still going to be a thing. And then I went to go research some of the Microsoft shit. Yeah, there's a fucking camera involved. Oh, so they so put the Kinect in it, so you gotta have they're it. They're <laughs> coming back with the fucking Kinect PlayStation Eye bullshit again. And apparently it's supposed to emphasize... Um, it's not emphasized, but it's supposed to be used by streamers. Like, that's what they're going for. With this Why would you go with the older camera if you're doing that then? I think Sony's trying to cut costs somewhere. Mm-hmm. Just don't and put it they're, in. They're doing it in the camera. That's what I say. Don't fucking put it in. No one's going to use nobody's it. Nobody's going to fucking want it. Because if remember what fucking happened when the Kinect came out and then that douchebag fucking molested his wife on fucking camera. I, I don't didn't know, know about that, but that's fucked yeah. up. Yeah, that motherfucker went to jail. Um, But I don't remember if that was PlayStation or Microsoft. But yeah, that motherfucker did that shit. Well, not only um, that, but the Kinect was like that was the reason that the fucking Xbox won and one of the reasons it did so fucking horrible. Yeah, because it was it, it it added like another hundred hundred. It was an extra hundred bucks, and nobody wanted tag. it. Like when my wife bought me my Xbox One, it was one of the only models that didn't have the fucking connect. You were so yeah, you were so, like you're smart. <laughs> you, I was so thankful because I'm just like I don't want that fucking shit. And now I'm hoping that you won't be able you know, to sell it because nobody else wants it. Nobody fucking wants it. It's, I don't know. I think they're just trying to shoehorn it in there. I think that they're really trying to capitalize on this whole streaming bullshit and get people away from Twitch and on their own proprietary bullshit. Lord, that's, I don't know, That's man. my guess. It's a weird last, time to be a streamer. <laughs> the, the last thing that 
they were able to confirm is that indeed the jump from seventh generation to eighth generation is going to be the largest jump in computation of any console. Um, That's a big deal. It is a big deal because PlayStation one to PlayStation two. That was, that was significant. PS two to PS three. That was huge. That was huge. That was huge. PS three to PS four. Eh. Eh, it wasn't that really. big. I and got like I said, I didn't get it. I didn't get a PS4 for the graphical upgrades. I got it because I couldn't play Bloodborne any other way. So yeah. uh, I think the game that sold me on a PS4 was Killzone Shadowfall. Yeah. Which is a huge regret of mine. Because that <laughs> game sucks. Oh, I uh, um, I picked up the I was able to pick up all the resistance games. Really? I, like, pick, I picked them up for like 15 bucks altogether. Good. That's yeah. good. Uh, let me know when you get to Resistance 2 and 3. Yeah, I, I picked up three for trash. like... I picked up three for like $3, so... <laughs> yeah. A lot of people say Resistance 2 is the best one. I say 3 is, but everyone knows Resistance 1 is shit. It was a little rough. but It's, you, it's a pretty it's, rough game. But you gotta play it to get the story. <laughs> no, you don't. Oh, really? Cool. I don't even have to play it. I'm just going to go two and three then. Uh, Yeah, to go two and three. uh, Resistance one is it's okay. I actually got confused for a second between Killzone and Resistance because they competed with each other for a little bit. Yeah. And now that I remember like Resistance, it's not as bad because it's Killzone one that I'm thinking of. Which is so weird. They had two like obviously franchises that they wanted to go like to be successful. But they were mm-hmm. pitting them up against each other. Like, that's so weird. It, I mean, it, it's not the same developer, so yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, but yeah, I would still skip Resistance 1. It's a weird game. I'm just going to put it like that. It's a weird game. Yeah. I uh, remember. If, I faintly two. remember playing it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, big jumps. You know, the benchmark is four times higher. The number's bigger. That's just big what numbers talking for big about. boys. Uh, the interesting thing that... I noticed in that article, which I'm I'm curious on how porting games is going to work out. It was both co- consoles are doing ray tracing, yeah, but they're doing it differently. Yeah, they didn't really go into detail about it, but the way that they operate, the way that they execute ray tracing, is different. I gotta look into so. like I I've never really looked into ray tracing, so I'm actually gonna have to like look into it to be like, well, if the next consoles are like this is what the fucking big thing is. I need to look up on this. It has a lot to do with like shading and lighting. Like that's okay. my understanding of it. I could be wrong. Well, what's that? What's that? What's that trailer we watched in the last? Uh, uh, one? The not the audition. The I forget what it was. It was done by Square Enix. I have to look at last. Yeah, and that that was showing off ray tracing and stuff too, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got you now then. With their luminous engine that they have no game for. <laughs> they have an engine. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, this is a big one. This is one that I was reading that I was just getting mad at while I was reading it. <laughs> okay. So you you want to hit it or do you want me to hit it? I mean, you could start it off and then I'll, I'll, I'll chime in. Okay. So... There are four major game developers that have been profiting from a tax relief in the UK. Yeah, uh, you take a UK a UK tax policy intended to boost domestic video game sales 
uh, has been used by some of the largest industry giants to avoid paying tens of millions of dollars in corporate tax. That's so bullshit. Namely, Warner Media, yep. Sony, and Sega. Uh, Not they've Sega. All, <laughs> they've all received a combined total of $130 million in corporate tax relief. Uh, the video game tax relief enables game developers to claim up to 20% in specific production costs. Mm -hmm. To many developers that are homegrown in UK, uh, the VGTR is a lifeline that helps produce video games on a budget. Uh, some are even arguing that it is crucial to keep the lights on through the VGTR. Back in 2012, the European Commission launched an investigation into the VGTR um, because they were afraid that it can be easily exploited by larger companies. No shit. Um, however, the next year around, uh, it was approved after the European Commission was convinced that the VGTR would only focus on a small number of distinctive and culturally British games then that find it increasingly difficult to find private financing. Remember that portion. Culturally British games. Yes. As it turns out, the opposite was true because we're over half of the tax relief went to foreign developers like Warner Media, mm -hmm. like Sony, yep. like Sega, and most notably Rockstar North, which is owned by Take Two Interactive, which is headquartered in New York City. Okay? <laughs> Between the years of 2009 and 2018, yeah. while they were developing GTA 5, one of the, the most third, successful games. The third best-selling video game of all time yep they paid no corporate tax in the uk uh, that's so dirty uh. <laughs> now here's here's the thing about this um yes they obviously exploited this shit 100 yeah. percent. this shit goes on in the united states too yeah amazon didn't uh, pay shit and that's what I was about to go to yeah motherfuckers were jumping towards amazon because they wanted Amazon to build their factory or their warehouse in their state. It's what Virginia did. They offered them no tax, corporate tax for like the next 20 years. And they're going to be right up National Harbor. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, it's insane. But the. I'm upset about it. And at the same time, I'm not upset about it because when these major corporations show up, they bring jobs. Everybody yeah. benefits in a certain way. Now, unfortunately, you're you're ultimately pushing the taxes on to your workers. Mm -hmm. To those jobs you just created. Because all those jobs that you created, all those high-paying jobs that you created, now people are going to move in there. Yep. Now the all the property nearby is going to go up in value exponentially, and you're going to have to pay property taxes on those on those uh, apartments and on those houses in that area. Mm -hmm. And it's going to force other people out that can't afford that. I mean, it's, there's a lot of bullshit involved with it. Or so, if, if you got your, all your ducks in a row and your property value just went through the roof, you're like jackpot, <laughs> which is what I'm going through. <laughs> I bought my house right before Amazon fucking started building their fucking warehouse. Uh. So, you know, in the next 10 years, shit's about to go crazy. I'm about to buy three houses. <laughs> uh, not in this area. <laughs> no, no, not in that area. Uh, yeah, like you what, said, all this, sh this shit happens all all the time in America and all that stuff. But you said, too, like, there are uh, 
earlier, it's specifically to help out uh, British or UK games, right? Yeah, so I'm like, like, if Rockstar made Driver, then it would make a lot more sense because Driver takes place in London, or at least one of the games did. Right. Um, but, like, the team that, that belongs to Sega, they make the football manager. Yes. Which, yeah, you can loosely base it off that. And they make the Total War series, which the Total War series is, you know, Shogun. They've got, I think they've got a Rome one. They've got a Warhammer one, which that game is great. Um, and then for Warner Media, all the Lego and Batman games are made in the UK. Um, I don't sp- remember specifically what was made by Sony. Um, I don't know if it's Guerrilla Studios or what that. I'm looking through the article, but I'm not really seeing it right now. But ultimately, what people are upset is that these companies that pull in millions and billions of dollars are getting corporate tax breaks that should go back to the country, go back to their economy, or go back fixing their social programs. Yeah, yeah. And they're they're not. No. Okay? That's the same shit that goes on in America. And I know that's a really shitty comparison. Yeah. But... It is what it is. This this is business. This is just how it goes. Yeah, uh, and if you want if you want to make change with this, you need to go take it to the polls. Yep, that's that's the best way that I can put it. We saw too in the article where some of the smaller, uh, you know, not the big one, big people, but like triangle, triangular pixels. I believe that's what the video game. Uh, yeah, it's a Cornwall-based independent developer that makes virtual reality games. Uh, they're talking about how when they get their tax breaks back, they get a little bit back. It goes right back into the game. Like it goes, yeah. everything goes back into making the game better and all that stuff. Uh, which I can tell you right now, it's not happening with those big Ford ones. That's not happening. Some of yeah, it might be, but it. not all of it. I don't see it. Going somebody's because, somebody's getting some pockets lined. I mean, I don't, I don't remember. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the CEO of Take-Two Interactive was like... Just recently getting like a huge bonus. Yeah. A bonus and level of like Randy when, Pitchford. <laughs> yeah. And when, when your when your main studio is in a country where there's like no corporate tax. Yeah. What it, that is amazing to me. Like to be like, here's a $15 million bonus. I'm just like, I, I wouldn't be able to accept that. I'm like, I can't, I can't take that. Like that's too much money. You could have bought everyone that works for you a fucking car. I mean, I guess you could take that fifteen million and just do that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, feel yeah. Like, here you go. I mean, when your salary is already like millions of dollars, yeah. Maybe it's just something we don't we've never really experienced. We're not that level, and like, because like I can live like I think it's what it said. My buddy was looking at some research a couple of years ago. He said in our area where we live. If you make like seventy five thousand a year, you can live pretty comfortably. That was again yeah. about ten years ago. It's a little different mm-hmm. now. Uh, and she said anything after that, it kind of just hits a point to where you're like, "All right, I got all this extra money, but what am I going to do with it?" And all this other stuff. Yeah, the comparison is is that they interviewed a man who makes. They interviewed people who made a hundred thousand dollars a year, and they interviewed people who made close to a million dollars a year, and they asked them what's their life satisfaction level and they found that both of them were at the same level whether you made 100k 
were million dollars, like it was the same. Yeah, they were both very satisfied. The monetary didn't matter. So. Yeah. I don't know, man. A million dollars would solve a lot of problems. They, they say money. What is that? Uh, that's a that's a comedian. I can't remember who the comedian is. I don't want to steal the joke, but it is another comedian's joke. They're like, uh, money can't buy happiness, but it can sure buy a fucking jet ski. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never seen anybody with a frown on a jet ski. So. <laughs> Was that Ron White? I'm pretty it, sure I heard. I Ron think White it say is. That. Yeah, I think it is. I Ron think that's White. Ron White. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I caught some. We were listening. We have satellite radio in the car, and we were listening to the. We went to we went to the bigger city uh, Monday, mm-hmm. and we were listening to some stuff. And Ron White came on. I was like, man, I haven't heard him in so long. So have you heard his new special? Uh uh-uh. uh Is it pretty you need good? To go see it. I might you need to go see it. I need to listen to it. You need to go see it. He was. It's. A, it's. I think it's like a year old. You need to go see it. You just love Ron White too, though. <laughs> he is my favorite uh, comedian out of everybody. Dave, Dave Chappelle, uh, Ron White, Dave Chappelle. Um, I would say Ron White was definitely my favorite out of the four, which was Jeff Foxworthy that he was with. Well, I hate them. <laughs> I hate the blue collar comedy tour. I hate all of them. <laughs> Except Ron White. Yeah. Like, he is the best. Bill Ingvall, he's eh, okay. He's the dad. Yeah, but when it's when it's the fucking Jeff Foxworthy and that fat fuck, no. Fuck him. What's funny is Jeff Foxworthy's uh, show that he has on Sirius XM is fan-fucking-tastic, where he just sits down with comedians and talks with them and all that stuff. He had uh, Keenan Thompson on once. And just asking wow. him, like, what happened after you left Keenan and Kel? Like, after Keenan and Kel was done. And he was like, he just, he goes into it. He's talking, like, how he just tried and tried. And he goes, the next step is SNL. Like, that's what I wanted mm-hmm. to be. And he talks about right. how he was, his his fame was actually a detriment to him. So Really? Yeah, it was really Are we cool. talking about Keenan or we talk about Kel? Did I say Keenan? I don't remember. We're, we're talking about Keenan Thompson. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kel kind of, I think Kel's doing, he's doing, uh, uh, not shows, but he's doing conventions. I saw someone just recently, I think in like Salt Lake City uh, Comic Con or something like that, he was there for something, and someone took a mm-hmm. picture with him. But no, this is Keenan, because Keenan's on SNL and all that stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was very, very interesting, and it was just it was really weird just to hear them, those two, because normally when they're talking and doing their stand-ups or they're doing their shows and stuff, they have a different octave in their voice. But when they're just mm-hmm. doing a show, they're very just like matter of fact and just like just kind of like how we are talking. So it yeah. was really cool. I like I like listening to comedians when they're not on, like you mm-hmm. know when they're just talking real and being shooting the shit and stuff like that. Anyway. But yeah, we got one more news article we got to go over, and uh, this is the one that I did the most research on. So of course it was. Uh, of course it fucking was. Do I get to say it? Do I get to say it, it finally? Do it. Like, do it. I forgot do what the segment was called. <laughs> what the fuck is? What what the fuck were you thinking, Randy? Is that what it was? Sure. Yeah. Uh, no, but we'll go with it. Yeah, this one is it. Like this one, uh, Randy's in it, but it's got it's more than just Randy. So uh, mm-hmm. this last article that we have: Duke Nukem 3D composer sues Randy Pitchford, Gearbox, and Valve. Bobby Prince claims his music was used in Duke Nukem 3D 20th Anniversary World Tour without his permission. 
Composer Bobby Prince, who wrote music for Doom, Doom 2, Wolfenstein 3D, and Duke Nukem 3D, has filed a lawsuit against Gearbox Software, the company's chief executive, Randy Pitchford, and Valve, claiming that his music was used in the 2016 shooter, Duke Nukem 3D 20th Anniversary World Tour, without his permission and without him receiving any compensation. Uh, at one point, he actually contacted Gearbox and Randy. I think he was talking to them with email, talking back and forth with Randy specifically. And Randy just kept saying, you'll be taken care of. Which is bullshit. I'm like, which is basically saying, like, you ain't getting shit. Yeah. So, uh, I believe. I should say that it's, it's, you're not getting shit. It's just coming from Randy you'll be taken care of means nothing. Yeah. Uh, in a document submitted to the U.S. District Court in Eastern District of Tennessee, Prince's attorneys described how 16 songs he wrote were used in the 1996 shooter Duke Nukem 3D under an agreement with a developer Apogee. I think I said that right. Yep. Apogee had a limited right to use Mr. Prince's music in Duke Nukem 3D in exchange for a royalty equal to $1 per unit sold. They said Prince had registered the copyrights for the songs. That's not a bad deal. So no, it's not. You say a little fifty thousand copies. You just, I mean, the composer just made fifty G's. So that's, that's his money for the year. Yeah, that's. Not bad I'm pretty at all. sure. I'm pretty sure Duke Nukem 3D sold it, well over that. But we gonna say at least that. Yeah, so. whatever. At least fifty thousand. Uh, yeah. But going into this, uh, we could I could read more directly from the article, but. Basically, this comes down to it's not the it's not the thing that I always talk about. Where we're like, oh, we're going to pay you an exposure. This is just legit. Just not fucking paying somebody for something like someone thought like, what was it? Gearbox. Uh, they thought that in the re-release that they didn't have to go back and look at the original uh, state, not statement, but agreement that was taken care of back in 1996. Right. So this is actually something that's very common with uh, companies that buy out other developers Mm -hmm. or buy out their portfolio where they'll go in and they'll go to remake a new game, but then they don't have the permission from the original composer or the artist to, you know, have certain graphics or certain music in there and they'll have to swap out the music. Yeah. That's very, very common Uh, for gearbox to just not fucking do that. (laughs) is like, a really shitty and B they're fucking dumb. I would fire their entire legal team. Oh yeah. Uh, but regardless, I think what's important to note here is how valve is involved because, yeah. Uh, Mr. Prince went out to request that, um, valve take down the game from steam and valve is just like, we got nothing to do with that. And they were just like, you do. We have a, well, no valve is just like, we have an immunity under DMCA. Uh, and saying that they it's it's fair use it's their it's it's their game we're only providing the platform so that's why this guy is going after all three and they have about three weeks to respond now by the time that this comes out it'll be closer to two maybe maybe one and a half regardless we'll be revisiting this within the month yeah like we could make assumptions like this guy's told like totally got a case right I definitely think that he has a case um, in the in in the most like legal definition. Yes, I would say that this guy has a case this because <laughs> he did. There's no consent just because you buy a game or an IP from a developer 
does not mean that you own all of its assets. Right. You don't own all of its assets. The so in this is going to be a very loose loose what I'm about to say, but in Gearbox's defense, and it's not a very good defense, they I mean it is a contract from back 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But they have a legal team that is supposed to yep. take care of that shit. Yeah. So there really is no excuse. So, but again, we just, I had to, and it's funny because in this story, like Randy's, Randy's been in big stories much more that we've covered, but in this one, I'll like, it says furthermore, Prince claimed that he contacted Randy Pitchford requesting royalties for the music in the 2016 game and was told he would be quote unquote taken care of, but never received any money. Pitchford also quote unquote quote refused to remove the music from the game end quote Prince's attorney said so. I mean that's just shitty, but Randy Pitchford is a piece of shit. So you know that um, Randy Pitchford got exonerated for the USB fiasco. He got what? He got exonerated for the whole USB bullshit. Remember that USB that had a bunch of company secrets on there, and that one like amateur porn film with someone that may be under the age of eighteen. It just got swept under the rug. Well, I don't think exonerated means swept under the rug. I don't know what the word exonerated means. Able... So, <laughs> Oh, that just means that uh, they dropped the, tar- the charges on it. Oh, my God. But it, it went to court. Like, he was able to prove, no, this isn't me. This isn't mine. Well, like, I mean, he was able to prove it, but still, that doesn't make it right. So No, no, no. He's still a scum fuck. Oh, yeah. He's still a piece of shit. I fucking... I, we've talked about it before, but I love that someone snuck in that joke into borderlands three it's so good <laughs> like i don't know it's so good i don't know how it got through but i'm so happy it got through but no he knew about it he 100 you can't tell me that he didn't he was just like yeah put it in yeah put it in it's like you piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> oh man anyway i feel like since we we missed that one week of questions that were like all right we got to make sure to remember questions uh do we have yes. any questions this week we do. We've got a few. Okay, cool. Um, from the top, Scotty Mo. Uh, this is referencing a conversation that we had in the Discord, and it's now coming out. Uh, it's it's being projected into the podcast. Okay. Uh, in one of our Discords, we were having the conversation of like the cost of certain accessories of, uh, N sixty four, bullshit. Okay. Yeah. Um. The N64 transfer pack. How much do you think that you would pay for that? The most I would pay for it and feel like I probably wasn't getting ripped off. I'd say probably like maybe 20 bucks at the most. Okay. Um, they go for $10 on eBay. Okay. Um, you can't you can't even find decent pricing on game value now. I have not looked on video game price charts. Um, but eBay has them for about ten dollars okay um scotty says a hundred dollars for an n64 transfer pack bull fucking shit have you ever call uh you ever call any sellers out on their crap and force a price down or happily walk away feeling victorious by simply not giving them their business oh man this is the first question that i automatically have an answer right away i think okay i think i've talked about this on a podcast uh, on a prior episode but me and my buddy uh, and H2O has gone to this convention too. 
there's a convention here uh, called it's in the Memphis area. It's called Anime Blues Con. And it's a big yeah, anime convention and all that stuff. And they, I like the dealer's rooms. I just like going in. I'm a deal chaser. I want to go see if I have all that shit. We go in there, and I've seen this guy selling figures before at other conventions and stuff, too. And I go in there, and me and my buddy, both at the same time, work at Hastings. And we walk in. I was like, oh, man, that's the same, you know, that's the same fucking Deadpool figure that we have at Hastings. A lot of curiosity. Let's look and see how much he's paying for it or he's charged for it. $35. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's super overpriced because it's like $19 in, at uh, Hastings. Also, I know it's $19 because you have the Hastings tag still on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I said it loud enough. I didn't say it to him, but I looked at my buddy. I was like, damn, man, like this guy couldn't even take the Hastings sticker off. Like, I'm not paying $35 when I could get it for $19 at Hastings. And he goes, you guys need to like, can you guys like walk away from my booth? And I said, no, I, I like I just started shit talking him the whole time. And the guy was like, no, seriously, you need to leave. And I was like, you need to stop fucking gouging your prices like that. And I called him out on his shit and I walked away. So, OK, yeah. I leave people alone. I do not engage with them. Um, if I see something that is overpriced then I do not buy the product, um, for example, Back in 2014, I went to Animazement, which is a large anime convention in North Carolina. It's in the Raleigh area. I don't know how big it is compared to other um, conventions out there, but it's pretty fucking big. Yeah. They they take out the entire Raleigh Convention Center, and all the floors, there's something going Jesus on. Jesus Christ. It's huge. Uh, their dealer's room is huge. It might be bigger than MAGFests. Oh, wow. And... You know how big you know that too many games was essentially one big fucking dealer's room. Yeah. It's bigger than that too. Holy shit. When so, is this? Anime is mint and it takes place during Memorial Day weekend. Oh wow. That's when they that's when they do it every year. Um there was a guy at a booth selling Dragon Quest One for forty dollars. How much does that go for? Five. Wow. Yeah. So to talk about my story a little bit, that story was probably almost 10 years ago. And mm -hmm. 10 years ago, I was a very different person. I was very, yeah. I was very much outspoken and stuff like that. I do the same thing nowadays, like what you say. I just kind of like walk away. I'm just like, oh, that's a little too I, much. Yeah. That has always been my mode of operations. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's no point. There's no you point in even having yeah, you sell the product at this price that you think you deserve it at. That's fine. And then let the market take care of it. Yeah. Because you'll have those people who are impatient, who want their product now. They'll go in, they'll look at it and be like, oh, wow, they yeah, see it for I want $35, it. $40. I want it. And then they buy it. That's fine because that's what hey, they man, valued. You just made $30 profit on a $5 game. Yeah. But then that motherfucker will go around and they'll go to another booth and they'll see the same fucking game for $5, maybe $10. And then they'll feel like they got fucking ripped off. And then that is a lesson for them to learn. Yep. That's like the same motherfuckers that go out and sell Super Metroid for $80. It's not an $80 game. I'm not going to argue with you on that. I'm not. Yeah. I'm just going to let you do your thing. Even my local game store, I might say something to him. And it won't be anything direct. It'll be like, oh, wow, you have this in. 
I can't do it for that. Yeah. I, I will not do it for that. There are certain games that, you know, I'll let him take me for a ride because it's very hard to find those games. And I'm willing to pay the premium for convenience of picking it up at his store. Right. But and you also like supporting your local store. And I like supporting my local store. Look, I know I live in Northern Virginia. Prices are a bit more expensive up here. I get it. It's fine by me. I can handle it. But there are certain cases where I sit there and like, do I want to pay the premium on this? Mm, yay or nay. Yeah. And then when you go to certain conventions or you go to other stores and you could just tell that motherfuckers are price gouging you. Yeah. And it's at the same time, those people really either don't give a shit about you or are hyper aggressive with the sale. So when we were at too many, those are the two things that I see. When we were at too many games, I waited because I was looking for metal arms on GameCube. I really wanted mm-hmm. metal arms, a glitch in the system and all that stuff. And I found a booth that had it complete and it had the, everything. Like it had everything I wanted. Uh, but it was that game's only like 12 bucks, but they were looking for 20. And I was like, you know what? I don't need it that badly. I'll wait until the third day. If it's there on the third day, then I'll pick it. I'll try to haggle a price and pick it up, pick it up. And I took it up to the register and it was still there. I took it up to the guy and I was like, hey, would you do 15 for this? And this was the exact reason I didn't even bother with it anymore is because he holds it and acts like it was heavy. He goes, I don't know. Feels like it has everything in it and you really want it. I said, you know what? I'm good. And I just walked away. So I'm like, no, I'm good. You're not going to talk to me like that. I was I walked up yeah. and I wanted to discuss, you know, I I get it. You probably have been talking to people all all weekend that have been giving you stupid ass prices and like, "Oh, you take $2 for this" or something like that. But I was legitimately yeah. going to try and talk to you and and then you just wanted to act like an asshole and I'm like He's like, "No, wait, I'll do a deal." I was like, "I don't want to buy from you anymore." And I just walked away. <laughs> it's, you know, same thing at too many games when I bought Elemental Gimmick Gear. You know, that's it's like an eighty, eighty five dollar game in English. And I was just like, hey, okay, will you take 60? I'm like, how about 70? And, you know, yeah. you go back and forth. And if you give the customer the respect to it was the same with the case for Third Strike that I bought yeah. on the Dreamcast. I was like, hey, will you do this? And he's like, well, I only bought it for a dollar. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to give you what I bought it for, like 12 or whatever. And even you were like. You were like, you just made like 1,200% profit off of it. <laughs> but no, that happened uh, when I was in Austin uh, two weeks ago. I put it in the Discord. I walked into, mm-hmm. I was looking at retro game shops and I was in a mall and I went in there and I looked and I was like, oh shit, like they got this like super, super expensive. I forgot what the first thing I looked at was. And then I look over and they have like the official Prima guide for Harvest Moon on PlayStation 1 for $100. Get the fuck out of here. I audibly laughed. No, I audibly laughed no, and I just walked away. No guide is worth $100. Not even that. None. Like, no guide it wasn't even like graded or anything. It was just out in the fucking mm-hmm. open. And I was just like, nah, no way. not dealing with that. Where's so. the market? Where's the economy? Where's the fucking price guide for fucking uh, Prima guides? <laughs> Prima guides, yeah. yeah. Bradley Games and shit like that. Well, the thing is, I would be the target market for that fucking magazine, for that Prima guide. But I'm like, no, that's dumb. Oh, uh, it's so fucking stupid. But yeah. Stupid. What uh, What do we got next? Uh, What's the best pumpkin spice thing? Ugh. I am totally out of the loop and don't really dig pumpkin stuff. We're in that. Cl- I'm in that club. But I don't touch pumpkin. I don't even like pumpkin pie. 
I love pumpkin pie. Yeah, well, but you like communism. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> uh, I really like uh, some places you can get like a pumpkin spice like loaf of bread or something like that, like at a star mm-hmm. Starbucks. That one's pretty good because because sure. they kind of like put like a cream cheese icing in the middle and that shit's kind of good. But I don't like I've tried pumpkin spice like coffee and shit like that. Get that shit. Give me my coffee black. Uh, like ever since they started doing pumpkin spice, everything just out of spite from the nature of consumerism. I'm like, I will not consume anything pumpkin spice. I will. I will purposely remove myself <laughs> from your little shit. Show. Chris is like, I'm not. Chris is like, I don't like pumpkin spice. I don't like white girls. I don't like Uggs. And I don't like yoga pants. <laughs> uh, I'm more into boy shorts. It's I can't. I, I can't think of anything else. They just need to tone down with all this pumpkin spice bullshit. But it's that. It's not going to go away. No. They get there one time Maybe. a year. We get the the October's horror for us. We get horror movies, and then all the all the sorority girls get the pumpkin spice. So <laughs> sure. Uh, finally, from Scotty, why is White Claw popular? I want to try one. I have not tried you fucking it. Fucking loser! I want <laughs> fuck you. I was in Austin. I was talking to a coworker. I said I've been seeing these things called White Claw. She goes, "Oh my!" And she was like, "She just got off, got back from the river." She's like, "I have like a fuck ton at the house. I'm gonna bring you one." And I was like, "Cool." And uh, she never brought me one. And I don't know. Like it's. I think the reason it's so popular is because it's supposed to be something you can get drunk off of and not be like you feel regrettable about it, like calorie wise. Yeah, there's apparently like zero calories or some really low calorie intake in it. You know what else is low calorie? Bud Light. Vodka. <laughs> yeah. Vodka has fucking hardly anything in it. If you want to get fucked up, you better fucked up on vodka. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I don't know. Again, I've never had a white claw and I don't plan on it. It's just it alcoholic because... seltzer water. Yeah, I don't like I don't like seltzer water. Yeah. I mean, I like I like the San Pellegrinos. I don't think that counts. No, uh, well, that's carbonated mineral water. Yeah, I don't know if it. But counts. you don't like Lacroix. I like that. No, I don't like Lacroix. Lacroix is fucking fart water. Is what that is. Okay, yeah, that shit's nasty. That's gross. Uh, I like Topo uh, Chicos. I don't know what that is. It's uh, carbonated mineral water, like the per- Perrier and all that stuff are. Okay. Uh, sure. It's just. I always work down by the border, so Topo Chico's are what I have closest to me. So, right. Uh, yeah. Um. Anyway, I'm gonna skip that question because he asked another one. Uh, we're gonna go down to Happy Dude. So this is mainly for you. Is ill bleed just more rage inducing than scary? Is it actually worthy in your mind to be considered a horror game? I haven't there. So looking at things, I have not been personally scared from ill bleed. But I can see, like, the monsters are very scary. Like, some of the stuff, and then, like, reading the diaries and stuff like that. I don't feel like it's scary. Uh, Rage-inducing, I don't really get to experience that whole mu- a whole lot since I'm doing the walkthrough. But uh, I can see why it has, like, it's like, it looks scary, but it doesn't scare me. It might scare somebody else. I remember TJ in the chat said, he goes, this game still scares the shit out of me. And I'm just like, alright, that's fine, but, like... I like it. I don't know. It's just, it's not really scary to me, though. But I'm loving it. 
I'm absolutely fucking loving it. Like, I don't know why. It's so weird. It looks like... And I've not had a game do this. Like, that was the one game at the fucking marathon that I was just like, what is this? And he was just like, it'll bleed. And I'm watching. I was like, this kind of looks goofy. And then I'm watching. I was like, holy shit, that's kind of cool. Like, a, like just all that stuff. I mean, I talked about it earlier, so, but... I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. I'm weird, man. I concur. <laughs> I got you in mid-yawn. I'm sorry. I concur. <laughs> Uh, Titanium Dragoon Neo asks, oh. what is the biggest scare that you've ever had? Uh, letting you play duck game with us. So- <laughs> How is that the biggest scare? Because we got fucked. What, Connor? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, uh I'll let you go. Scare. Um, the time I thought I was going to die. Carolina Reapers? Um, no, that wasn't a scare. Two times. One when I was in the Marine Corps, one when I was out. Or not out, but before I got in. Um, both of them having to do with automobiles. <laughs> uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, I was coming back to base from doing the gas chamber. And I was sitting in the back of a seven-ton. We were all tired. I was leaning on the guard. Like, this. there's, like, it's, it's so on a seven-ton, there's, like, this tent that goes over yeah, yeah, you, yeah. And then there's, like, this gate that's in front of you but you have to lock the gate in and we had the shitbag lance corporal that was just total fucking garbage negligent did not belong there just does not belong in the marine corps yeah and he failed to engage the 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 lock and we were going down i think it was 17 i think that's the road going from snee um lejeune to sneeds ferry and the gate gives out and I fall out of the seven ton. And luckily I had my sappy place, but we we're going about 30 miles an hour. Oh shit. Uh, and I thought I was going to die and I fucked up my back doing that. Um, did you call him out? The others. Oh yeah. I fucked that bitch up. <laughs> um, the other time that I thought I was going to fucking die, uh, I was on my way to court. I'm not, not going to say why right. I just was on my way to court. Um, I was late because I made the wrong turn. This was while I was living in Long Island, New York. Um, and as I'm heading back to the courthouse, um, my brake line gives out. Oh. I'm driving a Jeep Cherokee 1992. Uh, turns out the 92 Jeep Cherokee is known to have brake issues. And I've ridden with you. So I, yeah. I just assume that's how you've always driven. <laughs> yeah, that's you're not far off. Um, I am just got off the highway. I am turning to go back around onto the highway, and there's like this tunnel, all right. And I go through the tunnel, and I go to slow down, and I see that there is this school bus that's coming by, and I'm like, okay, slow down. I'm going like 60, 70 miles oh my an hour, five, and I'm like, shit, it's not fucking breaking, shit. It's not fucking breaking. And I just like, you know what? I'm just going to take the turn, eat it, and see what happens. Oh, my God. I get rammed on my left side by this Mitsubishi Galant, which throws me into the fucking school bus. Holy which shit. Which launches me into a fucking, like, towards a fucking tree and just like. How the fuck have boom, you never told it. me this story? It just never came up. But. Like I got, I got hit. I got fucked up. I personally walked away without a scratch. It was great. Um, 
but I saw what happened. And I'm just like, oh shit, is everyone okay? Uh, it. I was just letting it process, and they're like, I don't have to go to court anymore. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm assuming, I mean, that wasn't your fault. Your brake line just went out, so. Oh, well, the the accident was my fault. I was speeding. I was oh, yeah. double the, the speed limit. Um, but no one ever brought that up. And the other guy was just like, hey, man, don't worry about it. I have insurance. Uh, they took it to a mechanic. Yeah, the brake line was fucked up. Um, but the insurance company took care of that. You was, lucky bitch. <laughs> I'm pretty lucky. Yeah. I'm definitely pretty lucky. I almost died. Uh, I, d- I got hit by a school bus, and that was <laughs> interesting. Uh, um, but those are my two scares. I don't know, man. I'm trying to think, like, what was my biggest scare? Uh, I'm trying to, like, I, I mean, there's been a couple times on the plane. I'm just like, all right, this turbulence feels a little oh, fucking weird. Yes. I take back everything I said. Okay. My flight back from... Haneda, Tokyo, was the worst. The worst. Thought you were gonna ever. die. Ah, uh, we all thought we were gonna die. Uh, fucking! I ran out of my my uh perc not my Percocets, my Xanaxes, because I used it on my flight over to Tokyo. Oh and God. as we're flying back, I get separated from my group. I'm all alone in the back, and. There is already really bad turbulence, and it's not like, you know, oh, let's make an emergency landing somewhere. No, bitch, you're over the fucking Pacific Ocean. Yeah. You're going to die. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. And then the plane takes the biggest fucking drop I've ever you felt You felt like you are about to life. throw up? All your food was uh, in your neck? <laughs> people were screaming. Oh, wow. And then you hear on the last speaker, yeah, folks, sorry about that. Fell asleep at the wheel. I'm like, you what? <laughs> oh, my God. Also, you had the balls to tell us that. <laughs> oh, I can't believe that there wasn't a riot on the fucking plane. Oh, my. I could just imagine everyone's face walking past that pilot getting off that plane. Uh, but 11 hours. Oh, my God. Of just the worst turbulence ever. 11 hours i thought i was going to die jeez so my okay so he said scare uh yeah the i've told the story where i almost thought i was gonna have to shit on a plane that was pretty scary and that was pretty rough uh i don't know i haven't had like really huge scares or anything like that not that i could think of off the top of my head well there's been a couple times there's one time i was in houston texas with uh work and my wife called me one morning just hysterical and bawling. And my wife doesn't cry. And apparently she had her uh, one of her, her back had fucked up. And she had pinched a nerve. And she was stuck in the floor. And talk about feeling helpless. Like, you're a fucking full state away and your wife is at home. Like, luckily her mother and her father came up there. And I was just like, I was like, first flight out, I'm gone. They're like, what about class today? I was like, canceled, I'm out. So and they're like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, right now my family's more important than this fucking job. So they realized real quick right then and there. They're like, all right, yeah, like he'll do it. He he does his job well, but also his family comes first. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I was afraid of the gremlins from three years old until 10, but that wasn't really a scare. So that's all I got. Yeah, no. Uh, last question. Now that Alpha Dream is out of the game, as well as Paper Mario being de facto dead for a few years, what form should the Mario RPG series take? 
who, with regards to non-90s team, should be at the helm of its revival. I don't know if you heard about this information. Alpha Dream was the guys that did Mario and Luigi uh, Superstar. Yeah, I assume they did uh, all those. Yeah, and I guess yeah. they're not to get they're not a thing anymore. They they went uh, bankrupt. Oh, okay. Uh, so who should who do I think should take it over and revitalize? And what direction do you think uh, the Mario RPG series should take? I don't know if I don't know. I would like to see Square Enix pick it back up. I would like to see that uh, just because I would like to just see like an act. We all know that Paper Mario is like the success, like the sequel to uh, Mario RPG. But Mm -hmm. I would like to see an actual Mario RPG 2. And I would like to see Square Enix do it uh, just like that old school style. But uh, that's just me on that one. I just love the original game so much that I just want more of it. I would like to see intelligent systems take it over. Um, I would like to see, you know, something along the lines of what we saw with Paper Mario. Mm-hmm. Um, Thousand Year Door, maybe even Super Paper Mario. That's a great fucking game. Thousand Year Door is real good. Um, just, just continuing the turn-based combat um, with the action commands. I think that those... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that gameplay is the best for the Mario RPG series. I think way forward could do um, it good way forward can do it. Um, I mean, they do great Shantae games. Shantae's are more platformers uh, do, though. Well, Metroidvania. Yeah. If I was going to say anything, but I mean, they could possibly do something in that direction, make it like an action, an action RPG. Um, but I, I would definitely put my money in more into intelligent systems. Okay. I like them a lot. Now, if we want to just go fucking off the rails, I'll say let's do let's let Platinum do it and <laughs> see what Platinum would make. Don't roll your eyes. You like Platinum uh, games, so I like Platinum games. I would not put them in charge of a Paper Mario RPG series. You know, you would get something fucking amazing um, or fucking terrible. <laughs> has Platinum made a bad game? Uh, I would say off the top of my head, the Legend of Korra game. Yeah, that's bad. I didn't like the Legend of Korra game. It wasn't a very good. That's a bad game. But again, I don't think they were at the full reins on that one. I'm trying to think of like another developer that I'd want to see. I, I honestly don't want to see Square Enix take the helm. No, I don't. I would just like to see no. Gino back and that's the only way we're going to get it. It's the only okay. way we're going to get it. Yeah. Do you see the thing? Sure. Uh, did you see the thing? Uh, the one of the Overwatch guys was like, "Hey, Smash, you guys can have any of these Overwatch characters." So you, I hope they do nothing. So yeah, I hope. So they you do remember the fucking question it. we had last week? Where uh, who would we? What was the question about Overwatch? Who would we want to be, or something like that? Like, oh yeah, yeah. let me. Let it was, me it's probably in there. I think H two O. If you can personally identify yourself as a member of the Overwatch That's right. cast, who would it be and why? Yeah. Um, I mean, they yeah, like they said, they can take any character. They're probably going to take. Tracer. I mean, they would have to take Tracer. She's the poster girl. So yeah, uh, she's the face. Yeah, but I was listening. So I was listening to the Mega Visions podcast today while I was cleaning out the garage, and they brought up a really good question. I think it was uh, TJ had brought it up, but I want to ask us this question too. They said, uh, "What's the worst?" I, I I'm just paraphrasing it. What's the worst thing you could put on a pizza? 
I'll give you a minute. Uh, everyone's going to be like, I, so I like pineapple. I'll eat pineapple and Canadian bacon, but I will only eat it in that combination. I won't eat it any other fucking combination whatsoever. Like, I don't know. They also, uh, Powell brought up a good thing. He goes, he would like if it was pineapple and then like jalapeno so that you could kind of like have the sweet with the like kind of spicy and stuff like that. I'm good on that. Uh, my go-to pizza now is we usually order, like I said, we don't have like super fancy, like, or we don't even have like mom and pop pizza stores down here. We usually just get from Domino's and, uh, right. I don't like having the thick pizza cause I try to cut down as many carbs as I can. So I usually get the thin crust, which mm-hmm. is what pizza should be. Uh, and my go-to right now is I usually get grilled chicken. I get roasted red peppers, mushrooms, and pepperoni. That's what I like on this. Okay. The worst thing you can put on a pizza, somebody on that podcast, I think it was Marson, said like, yeah, you can put broccoli on there. You can't put anything bad on a pizza. I'd eat broccoli on a pizza. I'm just like, I don't know about broccoli, man. I eat a lot of veggie pizza, or I did eat a lot of veg- mm-hmm. veggie pizza, and broccoli is on there commonly, so I don't mind broccoli. Um, I honestly think the worst thing that you can put on a pizza is ranch. Ranch? Uh. Like, worse than, you know, pineapple. Because I can see the appeal to pineapple because you're putting the bacon on there and pizza's naturally salty. Yeah. And that sweet, salty combination, it's just I, I personally won't eat it. But no, the worst thing that you could put on a fucking pizza is ranch. Because ranch and marinara sauce do not fucking mix. I don't know. So whenever we would buy like the box pizzas from Kroger back when we were broke, they're like $5 pizzas. Mm -hmm. I had to eat them with ranch because you couldn't eat them by themselves. Because they don't have fucking hardly anything on them. It's all bread. So you you get marinara sauce and you dip it in there. You have a fucking breadstick with a little bit. Well, I mean, my wife can't do that because her acid reflux is so bad. She can't eat extra like tomato-y stuff. Take a pill. She takes like fucking three. She found out today. So I usually go to Sam's Club and get her Zantac because they have yeah. Zantac got fucking recalled. Really? Yeah. She went to go buy some today at a Walmart and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. You can't buy that. And they took it from her. <laughs> they just I mean, they put her on Nexium. I told I told her, like, why don't you try Nexium? She goes, I've never had it before. And I was like, well, you should have told me because Sam's Club had a shit ton of it. So apparently like people who have acid reflux when they take like zantac or nexium like they just have their propensity like it's very rare they have the propensity of just dropping dead randomly oh great now you got me (laughs) gonna be checking on my wife my wife fucking takes tums like they're just candy she just eats tums nonstop. oh my god so first off i love tums i'm not afraid to fucking admit that uh, I don't care. I get the, I get the tropical flavored ones. She does too. But she loves the green I don't ones. Eat them. I it's very rare that I get them because every now and then I'll get really bad indigestion, mm. probably after eating a fucking pizza. Um, I'll just give you a box of chalk yeah. and you can eat that. <laughs> does it do, do the same thing? That's it's the same fucking I mean, taste and think texture. That I eat fucking crayons. Ugh. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I guess I never really said what my worst thing. I don't know. I've never really had like a really, really bad pizza or anything like that. I really like I call I used to order a pizza called like I would just call it the Italian because I would get pepperoni, salami and uh, what else is on it? Italian pepperoni, salami and ham. It just sounds like a meat lovers. It's like a meat lovers without the sausages and stuff like that. Because it's whatever. It's the meats you would get on an Italian sub. So, mm-hmm. did I ever tell you about the time I ordered a pizza from Domino's and there wasn't cheese on it? 
I would have slapped somebody. Apparently, I went back and looked at my order, and I forgot to, because I did it online, I forgot to check cheese. Cheese is default. What are you talking about? Bef- now it is. But back in the day when that those apps first started, they didn't automatically put cheese. Like Usually it's sauce and Bullshit. cheese. Bullshit. You checked it off. No, I did not. No, I did not. Well, the funny thing was I got it home, and this is why I check my pizzas every time before I walk, walk out of the pizza place now. I get it home, and I get it on the counter, and I'm looking at it, and I, I don't know what's wrong with it. But I know something's mm-hmm. wrong with it. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, and I told my roommate, I was like, he's like, I was like, come here and look at this pizza. He goes, why? I was like, there's something wrong with it. And he walks in, and he sits there for a good five minutes. He goes, there's no fucking cheese on it. <laughs> and I went, what the fuck? So I called him, and I was like, what the fuck? Why, why isn't there cheese on this? They're like, oh, well, sir, I mean, it says there's, you didn't want cheese on it. And I went back and looked at the order, and I was like, God damn it. I, there's no way I would have unchecked the fucking cheese. I love cheese. I want extra cheese. I just don't want to pay for it. So when my grandfather was alive, uh, he lived to be the ripe old age of like 90 fucking something. God damn it. I don't want to live um, that long. But this is, this is like within the last 10 years. I was visiting New York, and we went to his favorite pizza spot, and it, – it, it's historically a good spot. Yeah. Like we go here all the time. Well, no one told me that he wasn't allowed to have cheese anymore, and he gets the veggie pizza like we. And he's not going to tell you. And he, no one fucking tells me because he has dementia, and he doesn't remember shit. I'm lucky enough that he knew who I was. He doesn't know who any of his yeah. fucking kids were. But he, he was just like oh, eating the pizza. I'm eating. I'm like, what the fuck is. No, take this shit back. And like my mom's going like, no, no, no. This is what you can eat. <laughs> and I'm like, so you put up with it? Get him a slice. Yeah, get him his own pizza. <laughs> oh, it, it infuriated me. That's... I was like, I will never go get pizza with you bitches ever yeah. again. Fuck all of you. I hope all of you die very, very soon. <laughs> I'm sorry, Poppy, not you. You're fine. Uh, did I tell you that when I was in St. Louis, I was in the airport and they have a California pizza kitchen there. And I was, I mean, it's a chain. So, but I yeah. went there and yeah. I looked up and I was like, oh, they got this like cauliflower crust pizza. And I was like, let me try. So before you make that face, I ate it and there's no fuck. There was no fucking difference whatsoever because for one, it was thin. All their pizzas are thin crust. So you... The, Chris, the face doesn't work for podcasts. <laughs> it was super fucking good, dude. It was super fucking good. Ugh, I've had it. It's disgusting. It wasn't that bad. I couldn't. What are you talking about? Like I said, it was the thin crust, though. It wasn't like yeah. it was like super thin. There crust. was a there was a California pizza kitchen in Huntington Mall which is where I used to work mm-hmm. when I was working at Rosetta Stone that c- shut down because nobody would, would ref- <laughs> nobody went there. There was like six pizza spots all around that mall and they just went there. No. Did you guys have, do you guys have no. Sparrow up in your, in your malls? Sabaro, Sabaro, yeah, that was in another mall too. Nobody goes there that's either like, because we have real fucking pizzerias. Yeah, that's like, uh, that's like the staple for malls is the Sabaro. You, you gotta understand, pizza... Pizza is one of the four cornerstones of Long Island, New York. I mean, it's New York, okay? so... It's it's New York. So you have your pizza, 
You have your bagels. Bagels. <laughs> and then, yeah, you have your pizza, your bagels. You got your diners, like your shitty diner food, which is like a big fucking deal in Long Island. Like I went everywhere else. I'm like, let's go to a fucking diner. And then I get the look like I have a dick on my fucking forehead. <laughs> like no one knows what I'm fucking talking about. Why would you want to go to a diner? I'm like, why wouldn't you want to go to a fucking diner? Yeah. I mean, like, but that's because diners are a big fucking old man. Connor took us to one when we went to too many games. Yeah. It's fucking dope. <laughs> yeah. That place is fucking great. Uh, but yeah, no, it's don't fuck with my pizza. Don't bring that Sbarro's California pizza kitchen. Like not even pizza hut and Domino's does well in fucking New York. No, because we don't fucking, I mean, you got, like I said, we though, to, like we go to Tony. That's all we got down here. We got the shitty ones. Like, like when I go down yeah. to Austin, I go to like some. They have like Austin, uh, what is it? Just Austin, Austin Pizza or something like that. Like it's a local place. Their stuff's fucking good. There was a place down there called Conan's. Uh, their pizza was good. But I've tried to go back and eat like the the pizza because like, my wife gets like uh, Brooklyn style, not Brooklyn. She gets the personal pan, like the ones that's like it's super crispy on the outside because it was cooked in a pan that's like super close to the crust and all that shit. Is it the deep dish? It's not. It's not like a deep dish. I'd have to look. Uh, we order it all the time on Domino's, but I took a bite of hers and I was just like, "This is all fucking bread. I can't eat this. Like, I don't want this." I mean, it, I mean, that's it's not New York style. No, I, I like thin crust pizza with a bunch of shit on top of it. The the best thing that I can think of is probably trying to bite off a Chicago style. Oh god, because Chicago style is a fucking pie. It's it's a ca- it's, no. It's, it's a it's or, a casserole. It's a cake. It's a casserole. <laughs> Yeah, you could say it's a ca- casseroles have shit inside of it. This has shit. Like if you uh, get, I, they got shit inside. Like if you get sausage, that's you put you put it on top. On Chicago, like so, Chicago style pizza that I've had, it's deep dish. Like there's nothing on the inside. It's all fucking bread, and then they put all the toppings on the top. Okay, so that's what I no. Had. So the the Chicago deep dish pizza is like. This fucking thick, and it's in like a fucking cake pan, and it has the sauce on top, and all the cheese and the filling and everything's in the in in the middle. That's Chicago style pizza. Okay, well I don't want that shit. Either. Now that's the casserole. That's when okay. I I yes. like that. I do like that, but I don't think it's like legit pizza. Like I said, I have to eat that no. with a fork and a knife. Like I can't just pick that slice up and eat it. No. Now, like the that's Brooklyn why, style. That's why John Kasach lost the fucking presidential election. <laughs> that's, that's why. That's why I like Brooklyn style. Saw him eat it with a. Because Brooklyn yeah, style you, is the you, big slice. You fold it yeah, up and you eat you it. You fold it into a taco. Or you just fold it in half and just eat it. So yeah. let's end this fucking podcast because we just keep talking about pizza and food and I'm starting <laughs> to get hungry again. And I'm disappointed with the uh, ribs I made. We, so what are we doing this week? This week, uh, we'll be playing more Ill Bleed. I will. Uh, oh, God, I'll be fucking streaming so much this week. I'll uh, be playing Ill Bleed. We're going to be playing Windjammers on Thursday. Uh, I'll be playing some Monster Hunter on Monday and Wednesday. And then tomorrow, it's still up in the air. I don't know what I'm going to play tomorrow. I can't think of a spooky okay. game to play. I might just try to find like an emulator of one of the Splatterhouse games or something like that. I don't fucking know. We'll see. Um... I am going to probably do some Mega Visions bullshit and hopefully jump on stream. Okay. Uh with you on Thursday, but Friday 
Uh, I am going down to Florida. Yeah. I am going on a two-week vacation with my family. It is their first time going to Disney. Oh, God. You're going to spend um, so much money. I will be checking the fuck out. I've already spent over $2,000 on this oh, fucking vacation, and I'm not even there yet. Yeah, next week's podcast is gonna, not going to have you on it, but I, I've got some things planned. Yeah, next week and the week after. I will not be here for two weeks. All right, I got to think of something for the week after that then. Yeah. But I I should be back for the the last week in October. Okay. Um, yeah, because you're going to teach me yeah, how to edit the podcast. So. <laughs> yes. So that's the plan. I've got nothing else. Yep. Everyone have a good week and, you know, keep watching horror movies. Just don't watch Monster Squad. <laughs> See you in two weeks. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to the Scrubverse Podcast. If you would like to keep up to date with us, follow us on Twitter at Scrubverse Podcast, at Vetted Games, and at Tornado Jones. Email us at scrubversepodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to check out our giveaway this month. Links will be provided in the podcast description.